It's Bernie and Sid in the morning on the world famous Top Radio 77 WABC. I'm going down, down, down. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Happy Friday. Happy Friday Eve, excuse me. But yes, uh, Bruce, that's one of my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs. Great song off of Love the, that song. Uh, I mean, in the USA album. That's a great album. It's a great me. running song. Yes. Got to tell you that. But uh, yeah, they had the big uh, fundraiser last night. I didn't watch any of it. Did you? You know what? I, I got to be honest, and I love Springsteen and Bon Jovi. Springsteen's my favorite. I didn't see one second. Me neither. Me neither. Oh, I hope it was good. I saw they actually preempted uh, Jeopardy and Will of all that stuff. Oh, so it was on ABC. It, it was on Earl. Yeah, it was on Channel 7. Yeah. Didn't see it. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Went Ch- for a late night walk with uh, Gabriel, wanted to run two miles. I'm not kidding you, in the park yesterday, about <laughs> 6.30, 7 o'clock last night. So I did that with him. And then uh, Danielle made a vicious chicken pot pie. And then we went to bed and, and um, you know, whatever. We had stuff to do. We, we, I, mean, I, I just I had no time for Bruce. That's it. Hey, listen. <laughs> you don't have to explain yourself. It's fine. I'm a busy guy. You're a busy, busy man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so this is what? Day 38 is now it really? of the uh, national shutdown. Day 38. Feels folks. like day 68. Really does. And, I, and you, you watch Governor Cuomo, and he's not, he's not interested. He's, he, he looks like he's taking his sweet damn time. I mean, I, I, he's not, now it's... The, the mantra now is... Uh, don't be stupid. Testing yep. and contact tracing. Yeah. And yeah, don't be stupid. Yeah, I know the numbers are going down. You know, we slowed the curve, slowed the spread, whatever the hell they called it, flattened the curve. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Now it's, uh, now it's something else. We he, gotta, he actually said yesterday, and not to depress people at 6.09 on this Thursday morning, but he actually said yesterday, we're nowhere near, quote, we are nowhere near reopening things, getting back to normal, reopening schools. And if I can't reopen businesses, I can't reopen schools. Yesterday was one of the more depressing Andrew Cuomo days in a long time. It was. I didn't like it at all. Nope. And I'm starting to think, too, he's enjoying the spotlight. No he doubt. He enjoys sitting there, and he's the center of attention. And oh, I'm going to take my – I'm getting political pressure, but uh, I don't care. I'm getting. I'm on camera all day long. They want me to be president. Why should I rush this? You're right. It's going great for him. I'm starting to think that. And Bill de Blasio, too. He enjoys the spotlight. On one hand, he'll tell you, Bill de Blasio, just like Cuomo, we can't do this. We can't reopen. I'm in the AOC camp. But then I'll tell you, but don't worry. We'll have those July 4th fireworks as usual. Well, how are you going to do that? And who's going to be there to watch it? I mean, what's going on with these guys? That is a great televised show. That uh, I will watch that at home. I watch it every year. Yeah, so do I. It is a great televised show with the music and all, but but people wise, nah, you're not going to get people. No. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's just going to be a uh, just a little early. Maybe, maybe not. It's still April. Who knows? But you know what's funny? You and I have had this conversation. You got down on me a little bit. You're like, listen, I want to see sports. I don't care. And I told you weeks ago. I said, you know, to be honest, I'd rather wait till next year than have football games and baseball games with no fans. And I think you were kind of surprised that I said that. 
Meantime, the president of the New York Yankees, Wendy Levine, came out yesterday and said the same thing. The, you know, sporting events are about the fans. You can't just put a baseball game on television without seeing the fans' reaction. Same thing with the fireworks. I mean, people want to see people. That's right. And, and look, the, the vice president did say, he gave an a, a interview to the Wall, Wall Street Journal. He said, early June, this could be all past us. He actually said that. Not New York. But he did say some of the country, yes. Well, look, uh, 14 days is the, is the first phase guideline. If you you're, show a downward trend for 14 days, you can start to uh, slowly open up. You can, based on their suggestion, but King Cuomo doesn't care what Mike Pence or Donald Trump says. He's got his own plans for the I state know. of New York, so it doesn't matter. I know. Isn't that unfortunate? I, 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 I almost wish that Donald Trump did have total authority, yeah, 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 although yeah. even he's making me crazy. Well, no, he's, he, look, he, uh, the, you, you're talking about disagreeing with the uh, Brian go- Kemp. governor of the state of yes. Georgia. Yes. Uh, and, and you know what? We should play this, but uh, there's a reason for that because he, he would be contradicting his own guidelines. I, I mean, know he, that. But, but you can't be out there saying, liberate Michigan, reopen America, let's get this done, and then get angry with the Georgia governor who's doing exactly what you want. But you can't, you can't put out guidelines saying that you have to have a 14-day downward trend, which Georgia does not have, and, and then say, yeah, you know what? I agree with what the guy's doing. You can't do that either. So uh, this is what he said last night about the uh, Georgia reopening on Friday. I mean... All kinds of businesses, very intimate businesses. But anyway, listen to what he said. I told the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, that I disagree strongly with his decision to open certain facilities which are in violation of the phase one guidelines for the incredible people of Georgia. They're incredible people. They've been strong, resolute. But at the same time, he must do what he thinks is right. I want him to do what he thinks is right. Uh, But I disagree with him on what he's doing. So, yeah, he gets, uh, I get the feeling that he's, you know, he's kind of glad the guy's doing it. Right. And, and also, uh, Oklahoma's going to open some stuff today. And uh, this, uh, this mayor of Las Vegas. Love her. Carolyn Goodman. She was Loved great. her weeks ago. She, she was the one, you remember, you and I talked about this, who um, really did something about the homeless issue in Las Vegas. And she's like, you know what? <laughs> We're going to open casinos. We're going to open non-essential businesses. And we'll become kind of like a, a test run. I've got a lot of good friends. JT the Brick, big-time sports guy. Been on with you and I many times. My friend Josh Grant, he was in studio a couple of months ago. They lived yeah. right outside the Strip in Las Vegas. And they're all for it, even though a lot of people are saying, wait a second, we're a guinea pig? Well, we're yeah, going to be the test for the country? I'll tell you what. I, I want to listen to uh, uh, Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia. And then I do have some audio of uh, Mayor Goodman, Carolyn Goodman, who, by the way, was born and raised in New York City. And she, I'll, I'll tell you about her in a minute. This is Kemp on uh, opening up, you know, hair salons, nail salons, tattoo places and all that. Let's go. L- l- listen to his rationale. Well, those are the ones who are closed. The other businesses in Georgia are still currently opening under the order that I have now. And we're coming down. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. But you also have to give that fitness owner or that owner in a hair salon the, uh, you know, the ability to be able to be a partner in this fight that we're in. So, okay, that's a good rationale. Look, everybody's going to be looking. If the numbers tick up, though, it's going to be a bad sign for everybody. It will be, but I will say this before we get to Carolyn Goodman. The first amount of money, that $300 billion, $400 billion, we know already, it went to Ruth Chris, it went to Harvard, it went to Shake Shack. Small businesses got destroyed. They got destroyed. And I know a bunch of owners, anecdotal, they got no money. 
uh, they are not confident that this second round will help them either. And by the way, even if they get the money the second round, there's not enough money there to rehire workers, bring everybody back, keep their businesses open. So while you and I are touting the, you know, the help from the federal government, the truth is, the real truth is, most small businesses, moms and pop stores, A, may not get it, and B, if they get it, it's not enough well, to sustain. What I heard was that the money... The new money that was allocated in the second round, which gets voted on today in the House, which they delayed, by the way, the Democrats did for about 12 days. That notwithstanding, all the money's already accounted for. In other words, they applied for it in the, for the, in the last round. In the first one, they didn't get and, it. And they didn't get it because right. there wasn't enough. So now they're online for this money. So anybody new that applies... There's, no, there's not enough money. Not enough money. And, and my friend Rule, for example, who there's owns no tanning, tanning salons and restaurants, he applied for the first one. He didn't get the money. Uh, and he's hoping to God he gets it this time. But again, there's no guarantee. So the point being that when, when this guy reopens Georgia, it's because even with the federal help, the truth is, the truth is, the economy is very, very scary. This morning at 8.30, you can expect about another four and a half to five million people. Uh, so you'll be up to about 27 million Americans looking for jobs. And uh, we, we could be unpleasantly surprised. It could be a lot higher. Uh, something tells me it's going to be. Uh, we're going to get to uh, Mayor Carolyn Goodman a little bit later. She went at it with, uh, well, she, with, with Anderson Cooper, who came off really as a snotty, smug... You know, I have I have a job. I'm I'm making a lot of money, and he was spouting off the talking points about uh, contact tracing and all this crap. We'll play it in a little bit, but in the meantime, I want to play one clip, one more clip, which uh, this I like a lot, and we need this kind of a distraction. You have, I mean, days after the president said, "I will give aid money, humanitarian aid money, to even countries like Iran if they need the help." I, you know, I want to save lives. I'll help them. I'll, I'll do what I can. Well, uh, yes, a couple of days ago, they were, their gunboats, the Iranian gunboats, were circling our ship. They were toying with us like they used to do. You know, I mean, now they're doing that. Hey, you know what? A memo to Iran. We're not in a good mood right now. <laughs> we're not in a good mood. <laughs> That's funny. Don't do that. Anyway, the president said this about that. We don't want their gunboats surrounding our boats and traveling around our boats and uh, having a good time. We don't want them anywhere near our boats. And so you know the order I gave. I don't think I have to say it again, but I've given that order. But then I noticed yesterday they did that in a much lighter form, but they did that again. I said, we're not going to stand for it. So if they do that, that's putting our ships at danger and our great crews and sailors at danger, in danger. I'm not going to let that happen. And we will. They'll shoot them out of the water. That's it. Love that. We will blow your ass out of the water. Love We're not it. Any, any damn mood for <laughs> some, some pipsqueak-ass uh, <laughs> Jew-hating country to start blanking with us out in the Persian Gulf. And that goes, for, that goes for Russia when they, when, when they toy with our airspace and their, their stupid, stinking little jets. And everybody. I mean... <laughs> I, I, it's not a good idea for no, any of these not, not right now. You're I mean, exactly right. It really right. just yeah. honked me off after he offered them aid. Right. You're you able to help them. They do something like Sons that. Of See bitches. that? Those bastards. Hey, uh, listen. Son but <laughs> On a lighter note, today is a big sports day because coming up later on tonight, from a nice-sized basement in Bronxville, up in Westchester, the first round of the NFL draft, Commissioner Roger Goodell will call all the first-round picks uh, from his basement again in Westchester. The football giants pick number 
number four, the Miami Dolphins pick number five, and the New York Jets pick number 11. And all of the projections say that all three teams will pick an offensive lineman in the first round. But we'll hear more about that later on. And if, in fact, you're into this, and I am, I'm going to watch it tonight. Just the first round. I like it. It's exciting. Nice distraction like Bernie talks about. Want to hear from you. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Will you be watching the NFL draft later on tonight? Plus, the Red Sox. They get off relatively easily, I would say. And how about this big golf night coming up on TNT? It's the rematch. Tiger versus Phil. But there's a second round, too. Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. How great is that? (laughs) That It's fantastic. And it comes your way between May 15th and May 24th. So there's some exciting sports out there coming up for you. If, in fact, you need a distraction. And the best distraction of all, of course, is Bernie and Sid. It's all right. My uh, kids, God, I'm becoming like Kathy Lee. I really am. It's gross. My daughter, Ava, and my son, Gabriel, when they went to the JCC in Boca Raton, that's for the Jews, they would sing this song every morning before they did the Pledge of Allegiance, the Beatles. Here comes the sun, which we don't get a lot of these days. I don't know what's going on. Global warming my ass, Al Gore. It's supposed to be 65 and sunny this time of year. I, I, again, I took Gabe for a run last night. I was freezing. It was, it's been freezing the last couple of days. I know. What's going on, I'm Bern? freezing in the office. I know. What, what's going on? I, 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 yeah. Well, that's a good question. I, one, I, one I don't those, even see any 70s in the 10-day forecast. It's one of those seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, on my uh, uh, cell phone, my Apple phone, it actually has the weather for Santa Clara, California. Yeah, that's a, that's the mine too. That's the um, mine is Cupertino, California. That's where that's they made the, the phone. default. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I look. Sometimes <laughs> Santa Clara pops up, <laughs> and I look at. I'm like, wow, it's going to be great. Eighty and sunny. In fact, it's going to be eighty. I think tomorrow yeah. in Santa Clara. Yeah. Either way, it's mild. It's nice. But yeah, it's. I mean, we need some nice, warm, good, sunny weather. Right, because. That's all we've got, right? I mean, That's right. You're inside the apartment. You get a chance at your house. You get the chance to go outside. And, you know, I'm outside for 30 minutes. I'm freezing to death. That's no good. We got the light. The light. It's, it's a light at 6 o'clock in the morning, and it's light till almost 8 o'clock at night. Now, give us some nice, mild weather. Although they want you to stay inside. Ah, screw them. They want you. That's what I say. And like I said during the Invite Health Live read, when I put the picture up yesterday of me outside in the park and, you know, looking pretty tan and healthy and good, And I got a bunch of people on my Instagram saying, how stupid are you? Why would you tell people not to wear a mask? Why would I lost four family members? By the way, if you lost four family members, my heart goes out to you. I'm very, very sorry over the COVID-19. I really am. But that doesn't give you the right to be stupid. Okay? And if that sounds harsh, because if you lost four family members... And you're, you know, you're on my Instagram page yelling and screaming at me because I want folks to go outside and not wear a mask. Then you obviously don't care enough about the four family members that died if you're out there actually looking for me on Instagram. Well, right? how, how, uh, uh, how dense is it on the streets when you go out? I mean, I, I understand they want you to wear a mask inside when you go into a CVS or a grocery store. Right. Which but, is also but, stupid, but, but I do it. But when you're outside, you know, like I went out, I ran yesterday. I, I had the mask on initially, and I just pull it down yeah. because that's the only way to breathe when you run. 50-50. I would say that uh, 50% of the folks out there are wearing the mask, even when they're running. I don't know how they do that. I can't breathe on the train when I wear that stupid thing in the morning, let alone run with it. And the other 50% are just, and they're usually but, younger people. But it's not that dense. 
What do you mean? It's not the, the streets are not that there's not that many people that you're not you're still you're you're six feet away from mm, most people. No, no. R- Riverside Park when in the afternoon when we run, you're you're less than six feet away. I mean, you're you're jogging by people. Uh-huh. The park is packed. The park is packed. Central Park, Riverside Park. They are. I know. I know they'll close it. I know. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But but you know, it's it's. I just don't know. From one day to the next, I think you're right. I think Governor Cuomo is enjoying. The spotlight. I really do. And, and he's uh, he got in the back of his mind, just like a lot of the other people. Uh, they want this thing. That they, they, they want it to last. I agree. They want it to continue. And I think that's his mentality. And he'll mask it. He'll, he'll you know, he'll cloak, so, it, he'll cloak it in safety. I, I know, did. mask. He'll yeah. mask it. Very right, good. Yeah, very good. <laughs> he'll cloak it in, uh, this is all in the name of safety. But what about the people at home? The people who are dying at home, they can't pay their bills. They're dying inside. Their businesses are dying. And at some point, they're going to start, you know, the despair will turn to, uh, you know, alcoholism, drug drug overdoses, and domestic abuse, and much, much more. I mean, if we continue this, we're going to slip into a severe recession. It's going to be way worse than what the diseases give. We already flattened the damn curve. Uh, we flattened it. We slowed it. Whatever you said, you asked us to do, we did it. We it's did time it. to start no. reopening and stop no, being a, Nazis. There's a second wave. And then after the second wave, there could be a third wave. And after the third wave, there could be a fourth wave. So in 2023, when we're still doing this, now you know why. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's, that's next uh, maybe. And the guy, uh, the CDC guy said he was taken out of context. He was misquoted. But, uh, you know, I'm not saying just go open Madison Square Garden and have, uh, no. you know, 50,000 people or whatever. Well, 17,000 in a Nick game. But what you are saying is open up restaurants to quarter capacity. Let's start doing something. Open up a gym. Cuomo is King Cuomo, the dictator. He's like nothing. Nothing. He's not no. budging at all. Nope. Nothing. Nope. Squad. The Marinas, because he, he got pressure from a Governor Ned Lamont in, in Connecticut. Right. The Marinas. Oh, and how, wow. And what percentage of people that live in the tri-state area own a boat anyway? Yeah. I mean, it's right. minuscule. Minuscule. Stupid. But in the meantime, my son can't go to the courts, the basketball courts, on a nice afternoon and shoot a couple of baskets. My son, who actually, you know, when the doctor said to me when Gabe was born... And, we, and was diagnosed with dyspraxia, he'll never lead the league in scoring. He'll never hit 300. And now Gabe goes to the park and buries 10 straight jumpers, which makes him feel like a million bucks. He was feeling great about himself, and now Governor Cuomo took that away. By the way, I don't Now, is that, not, is that not equally as depressing as some guy in a ventilator? It, it is. Well, well it's, 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 it's depressing. Let's put it that way. And I withdraw my Nazi comment. I'll, I, I go back to fat. He's acting like a fascist, like a dictator, yeah. not necessarily a Nazi. No, I know what you I take that though. back. But I know what you were saying. I know people get literal. They get upset. Yeah, I, don't, I don't want to use that analogy ever because I get angry when pe- other people use it. Fair enough. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. How do you folks feel about that? This whole mask-wearing thing that continues, even though, once again, we flatten the curve again. If you're interested in tonight's NFL draft, the Giants picking number four, the Dolphins number five, and the Jets number 11, we want to hear from you. We have two great guests today. It's Thursday. That means Bill O'Reilly's going to be here. He's always great. And then the actor Vince Curatola, you know him as Johnny Sack, the New York crime boss on The Sopranos. He's a very opinionated guy about these types of things on Fox News every now and then. Big Donald Trump supporter. He'll be here, too. So two great guests and plenty to talk about. No one man should have all all that power. power. You hear this, Governor Cuomo? Yeah. Tell him, Kanye. 
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, everywhere on the 77 WABC app. Look, an amazing story this morning. This 100-year-old man, he died from the coronavirus, 100 years old. And his twin brother died from the pandemic of 1918. Unreal, right? He died as a, when, they, when he was born. Uh, his, his twin brother as an yeah. infant. And he died 100 years later from this. Two pandemics killed those uh, brothers. God almighty. Philip Kahn is a decorated uh, war veteran. And he was from Great Neck. He was on Iwo Jima. Iwo Jima. uh, uh, God bless him, Philip Kahn. Now, God rest his soul. But can you tell me one name of anybody that died, those 80,000 that died from the flu two years ago? Two years ago. Oh, I hear what you're saying. There were a lot of kids that died from that flu, too. Infants, babies, teenagers. Can you tell me one name? Not one. No, they, they didn't count? No, it's just, uh, no, just look, you're making, you're making a good point. You know, my uh, wife sits and cries at home, watches television about these people dying. She's not alone. And, and then I say, can you name one person from, from two years ago that, that no. died from the flu? No, no, no. no <laughs> to, to play, uh, you know, devil's advocate, this is a highly infectious disease. Oh, okay. And a lot of people have died in a short amount of time. I got it. So, and the hospital systems could have been overwhelmed, but they weren't because we listened to what they told us, right? That... We slowed the spread. We flattened the curve. And now you got, uh, you got King Cuomo. He's just digging in. He, you know, and now the, the goalposts are being moved. It's not just King Cuomo. We've had this discussion, you and I, with the great mayor, Rudy Giuliani, a bunch of times. After 9-11, one of the reasons why New York was great was because Governor Pataki and Mayor Giuliani worked together. They spoke every single yeah. day. They weren't friends before 9-11. They... They, they worked, they talked, they talked every day. They made sure the governor-mayor relationship was at its best. Do you realize yesterday that within an hour, within an hour, Governor Cuomo and Bill de Blasio came out with two different testing policies? How is it possible that the governor and the mayor well, are not on the same page when it comes to testing? Well, again, because as you know, they, they, they hate each other, uh, 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 but de Blasio's really trying to uh, compensate, overcompensate for his lack of preparedness, his, just his out, being out to lunch. They're going to the gym on the day he banned... Not the, Monday, yeah. No, but, but it's just, it's not, it's not acceptable. And then you have no. Mayor Bloomberg... I mean, it's bad well, enough the governor and mayor don't get along now. Now you have an old mayor telling people what he's going to do. Well, first of all, let me just say this, that these burglaries, th- this is a real problem. This shutdown, this lockdown, in addition to everybody being stuck at home out, you know, wondering wh- where, how I'm going to get the money to pay the mortgage or how I'm going to get my business back up and running. You got burglaries are just way out of way, way up, way up. It's incredible. He, uh, Dermot Shea, the NYPD uh, commissioner, spoke out. They arrest these people for burglaries, and not only do they let them out, they don't even charge them. No. They let them out, and they do the same thing over again. You have this one guy, uh, Billy Queen, Brooklyn, 39. He was arrested three times and released three times for burglaries. Stealing, a, uh, broke into a bodega, broke into a garbage truck, and he's, he's out on the street. He's out on the street. And another guy up in the Bronx, this guy, uh, Victor Castillo. He was charged with trespassing April 2nd and 11th. He was released. He was arrested again for allegedly breaking the window at a bodega and walking out with the cash register. He was released from that. He was released. He, he's, so he's out on the street. You got, uh, you know, you walk in. I walk in in the morning. You still have these inmates and these vagrants. Everywhere. They're blocking this, the, the whole entrance to Penn Station yeah. as I walk. They're standing there. All day there. It's a there. new hangout. All day. 
And uh, Governor Cuomo, back to him. Not only has this guy, uh, you know, escaped any blame for uh, this uh, present calamity that New York finds itself in. And, and uh, look, no, nobody saw it coming, but he was way late to the game. But still, he got away with it. He's become the golden boy. And uh, we're past the apex, but he refuses to give people any hope. We talked about it earlier. People are dying inside. You know that. Mortgage payments, as I mentioned, all that stuff. But uh, his new mantra now is testing, but not only testing, also this very, very complex, and you mentioned Mayor Bloomberg, this contact tracing. He wants to form, we're going to form a tracing army. How long is all this crap going to take? A long time. I mean, he's given nobody hope. Nobody nope. hope. Nope. After what we've been through for the past five weeks, nobody hope whatsoever. As a matter of fact, far from giving them any hope, when a reporter presses him on, you know, people going back to work, they need their money, he gets angry. He gets, oh, gets testy. Pissed. And yeah. by the way, he has a reputation for being very nasty. Uh, you know, notwithstanding the past five weeks where he seems to be this rational, calm guy. But this is him yelling at the reporter after being impressed on people need to go back to work. Right. You want to go to work? work? Go take a job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. Right? You're working. I am. You're an essential worker. So go take a job as an essential right. worker. You see what I mean? Calm he, he, down, very, jerky. He, he's God. Really, he really, he's, he's got a reputation for that. People don't know that. What's about well, it? his he's brother's got, a jerk, too. A complete and total. And, of course, front page of the New York Post, that nursing home scandal I told, talked to you about no, yesterday. He didn't know about it. He right? sent everybody back. Yeah, he, not only did he not know, this is the guy who's uh, the golden boy. 25, fully 25% of all the deaths in New York State from coronavirus occurred. Uh, they were elderly people at nursing homes. And that's because... The, these people were being sent back from the hospital with coronavirus to a nursing home with that very, very high-risk, vulnerable population, and he claims he didn't know about it, and he's shifting the blame to his health commissioner. It went like this. If you are tested positive for the virus, are you allowed to be admitted to a nursing home is the or question. Re-admitted. Or readmitted. Yeah. It's a good question. I don't know. The policy is that if you are positive, <clears throat> you should be admitted back to a nursing home. <clears throat> The necessary precautions will be taken to protect the other residents there. <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? <laughs> so yesterday when he was questioned about it, it's not our job. It's not his we job. We regulate the nursing homes, but we don't run the nursing homes. If the nursing homes can't handle it, well, then send your patient somewhere else and go out of business. That was his answer mm. yesterday. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you can tell that's starting to irk him. Like uh, he, he's he's very uh, he, he he's a testy guy. He gets annoyed easily. He gets, he gets nasty, yeah, and he gets yeah. very nasty. And that uh, you know he comes through at, at moments during these press conferences, and then he kind of bring he he brings it back a little bit, a little bit. But speaking of this contact tracing and mayors and people that want to go back to work, Las Vegas, Carolyn Goodman. By the way, her husband is Oscar Goodman. He used to be the mayor of uh, Las Vegas. He appeared. To, he was a, he's a former mob lawyer. He appeared as himself in the movie Casino as one of uh, Joe Pesci's lawyers. Yeah. This fictional character that played a guy he really represented. He was also on CSI. Anyway, she's 81 years old, this lady. She looks very good for her She's age. great. She's, yeah. I mean, uh, Joe Biden, uh, he's a... Da, 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 da. She's and, much better. And she, and she was good, but she went at it well, with She's this, a Jew from Brooklyn. This really... Sm- Manhattan. This really oh, Manhattan, s- right. smug and snotty, uh, uh, spoiled, rich kid, Anderson Cooper, who, by the way... He has a job. Governor Cuomo has a job. But he's on this uh, uh, testing and contact tracing mantra as well. 
Carolyn Goodman versus Anderson Cooper. Take a listen. You said it's not your job. No, it is not part of our job. That's part of our health department, part of our hospital jobs, our labs. Those are the ones who are the experienced. So you're not rolling up your sleeves, helping your health department to try to figure out. um, My days are so full. I am everywhere in the city trying to hold Mm. the hands of families and everyone else that to get them back to work so they can pay for the food for their children and keep a roof over their head. And we are 2.3 million, and we have so many, probably close 900,000 that are out of work because this wonderful city's been shut down. We have no preventive treatment other than staying away from everybody, which is your choice to do and has been asked by our governor and everybody's doing, but with no timeline, no treatment, and no cure, no vaccine, this could go on for months. You're calling Bingo. for businesses to reopen. Yeah. Every yes. scientist uh, and person you know, who looks at this says what we really need on, to do that is more testing oh, wait, wait, and wait. more contact every, tracing. There you go, the talking that, point. No, that can't Fake work. News. We're not getting the truth. And I know over the years, going Fake back news. to 19, so the 1950s with the atomic bomb, don't worry about it when we're testing in Nevada. You'll all be fine. Take a shower. The reality the, is... Southern, you're the one saying the you'll all be fine. What, 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 what we're I saying said, is no, no, testing no, 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 and no. contact... You're okay. putting words in my mouth. I said, open up. Las Vegas. Let us get started right. and go back what to is work. Ma- we what, have as all mayor, these what are you doing to encourage even feed their families or take Ma'am. care? Are you of listening, their- Anderson? I get, I get the pain that's out there, and it's real, yeah, and I'm not minimizing yes, that at all. I'm, uh, listen, she bitch slapped that. She, she she did. It went on for a long time, but there was one moment, just one moment, and this is a quick one. One moment where he lectured her. She said something, and listen to what he, he calls her a name. He calls this uh, nice lady to trying to do the right thing. She has difference of opinion from him because, he's again, he's got, a, he's got a job. He's getting paid very well. He's home. He's a rich kid. You know, he's got nothing to worry about. And she's worried about all the workers, 900,000 workers in Las Vegas out of work. Anyway, listen to this. Chinese researchers have shown uh, how this virus spreads. And I just want to put up Ooh, for our viewers... I just want to put up for our viewers. This is a, a restaurant. Anderson, you are tough. <laughs> no, I'm not We're talking. Back I'm just... to China. This isn't China. Yeah. This, this is, is Las a... Vegas, Nevada. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's really ignorant. This is a oh. restaurant, and the that's yellow circle. Say that's an ignorant, that... ignorant statement. That's that's a restaurant, like, oh. and yes, it's in China, but there are human beings too. Uh, <sighs> I mean, you can't call it ignorant. This is that's the United right. States. Wait, 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 no, that's not ignorant. This is not we're, we don't have a, a communist. We don't have a communist dictatorial authoritarian government here. China. No, there is a big difference. Anderson Cooper, you're the ignorant one and show some respect. The lady is just trying to do the right thing by these people that are suffering and they're, they're, they're dying inside. Their businesses are dying. And who knows their mental health and, and, and all that other stuff is going to spiral out of control. Alcoholism. But, but that's what they do. I mean, the same thing. And again, I'm not Carolyn Goodman. I'm just a dopey radio host. But go to my Instagram page at Sid Rosenberg this morning with my picture of me outside yesterday saying, don the mask, get some sun and let's get back to real life. And I've got a, a load of people saying stuff just like that. You're a moron. You're ignorant. You're an idiot. You're irresponsible. Not hey, listen, maybe we should slow this down. Not not some type of a back and Fourth, right away, yeah, like name calling, name calling, yep. ignorant, stupid, moron. You know, we're getting Which, back, by the way, I, I can do that just as well as one of you guys. So let's go. We're getting back to politics again. It's getting back to uh, you know the, 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 the divide line is uh, left contact tracing and testing, 
and the people who lean to the right, it's time to reopen. We can't do this in perpetuity. It's going to kill everybody inside and maybe outside. It's going to be bad on the Bernie and Sid show. When I think back on all the crap I learned in high school. It's a wonder I can think at all. Wake up. Back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app where a lady, a, a nice young lady named Monique is listening to us from Rhode Island on the 77 WABC app. Good morning, Monique. Good morning, guys. How are you? I, I want to I echo everything you're saying. You know, we, we, the, imp, the lockdown was a very extreme measure, making everyone stop working, shutting down businesses. We did it because we didn't want to overwhelm the hospitals, and we thought up to 240,000 people would die. Now we know all of that is wrong. We haven't overwhelmed the hospitals. The projection for deaths is awful, but it's down to, to, to 60,000 people. So can, why can we not? We need to treat this as a victory. We did it. And now the lockdown can end. It is no longer needed. We're not where we were six weeks ago. The lockdown can end now. Well, it could, but, 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 but these uh, maniacs who want to continue this because, like Bernie says, and he's right, it keeps them in the spotlight. It keeps That's them in I control. Think. They become all of a sudden from governors, kings and dictators and emperors. And what they're going to say is, yes, but there's a second wave coming that could be every bit as bad, if not worse. And that's their rationale. How do you argue that? You argue, no, you will deal with that uh, next season. Right now, <laughs> we have to. Re- you can't have this economy locked down. No, no, we, we all agree with perpetuity. that. Perpetuity, you cannot. We agree. You're going to have to deal with whatever comes our way uh, with with the coronavirus in the future. You'll deal with it then. They don't want to do it. I mean, we agree. You, me, you, and Monique, we got to end this now. But they're saying you can't because yes, this, they're, if they're irresponsible. The second wave will be worse than the well, first. What they're doing is moving the goalposts. I know. They said slow the curve, uh, slow the stop the spread, flatten the curve. We've done that. We're past the apex we've done it give us some hope don't sit there and tell me about you we got to create assemble an army for contact tracing give me a break how long is that going to take a year you never mentioned that before no this is a bait and switch it's every bit as bad as waiting for a vaccine it's the same thing i will not be persuaded by political pressure people have i got a lot of political pressure to open up well, that's because people are dying inside. Their businesses are dying. Everything is, is, is dying. Yeah. The, the economy's dying. We can't go into a, slip into a, a depression. That will be 10 times worse than any ramification from the disease itself. Now, you mentioned these uh, twin brothers that both died of pandemics, one dying 100 years ago, one dying from COVID yesterday. Yes. And uh, my friend Lynn tells me this. Rush talked about this yesterday. Donald Trump's own grandfather, Frederick, he died of the Spanish flu. No kidding. How about that? Random fact. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, this guy, uh, the pandemic even uh, one pandemic even affected the president. That's amazing. And now it's affecting him again in a big way. Yeah. It, it may be affecting his chances for reelection. I mean, that's what they're hoping. That's part of uh, the, why they don't want to reopen. That's part of the reason why their motivation. The guy, by the way, Philip Kahn from Great Neck, 100 years old, was on Iwo Jima, died from coronavirus. He lost his twin brother. A hundred years ago, as an infant, the twin brother died from the Spanish flu. Unbelievable. God bless him. Philip Kahn, rest in peace. From Great Neck, we're coming right back. Now you're talking. Now you're talking, meanie. Like Sheldon. How about a little sangria? Come on! 708 on your Thursday morning. Bernie and Sid with you. Bill O'Reilly coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. Vin Curatolo, he played Johnny Sack. 
New York crime boss on The Sopranos in the 9 o'clock hour. Take a quick break this segment from Cuomo and his um, mixed messages. And on one hand saying the hospitalizations are going down, intubations are going down, we're on the back side of this thing. And then he says things like, uh, but we can't reopen anything because people are going to die. So, I, I don't know. Bill de Blasio, same thing. Then you get this this AOC who's just a... Well, I want to use a word for her that that, I, that uh, most women hate the word, and I can't say it on air anyway. It, it would be an FCC violation. Dummy. But she is that word. No, no, a lot worse, no, a lot worse than that. Oh. She's a lot worse than that. She's well, a low life, dangerous. She's trying to exploit this uh, crisis, obviously, yeah. like uh, the rest of them. Yeah, they, she's got they, money, and she's fine. Right? She's got my money, and she's fine. And uh, by the way, I heard uh, Tucker Carlson echoed what I said, which is the big lie. That she grew up poor in the Bronx? That yeah. she's a poor girl from the Bronx? Not true. Finally, uh, I heard somebody else say, Tucker the other night. He did She it. was known as Sandy Ocasio <laughs> from Yorktown Heights. Her dad was an architect. She's well off. And uh, she talked about food stamps once. Remember that? I do remember. She was in Boston College, uh, Boston <laughs> University, excuse me, when uh, her, her mother was supposedly having a, a tough time or something like that. Some not, some, it, complete lie. She's a privileged little liar. And a socialist, and she wants to uh, she wants to exploit this account. She actually told people yesterday, "Do not go back to work." She's encouraging right, people right. not don't to go, go back, back to work. work. Yeah, and by the way, she wanted to be you, sort of Bill O'Reilly. He'll be here today, she coming lied. up at eight forty. Um, but yeah, she, uh, her and Cuomo and De Blasio. We'll, we'll take a quick break, and we'll talk about something that's completely unimportant, but people will watch millions and millions of people tonight, and that is the uh, the NFL draft. Before we even get there. You know, I was talking to, uh, we were talking to Rudy yesterday. Rudy's very close friends with Randy Levine, the president of the Yankees. So, you know, Bernie, I go on about five or six shows a week around the country, sports shows. And usually we talked about sports the last couple of years, but now it's mostly COVID-19. But they always ask the same thing. You know, Sid, do you want sports back? New Yorkers want sports back, blah, blah, blah. And I always say the same thing. I'm like, not really, not in the way they're talking about it. I, I told you this. I don't want to watch a baseball game with no fans. I don't want to watch a football game with no fans. To me, the fans, you know, the signs are holding up, their faces, all the stuff that makes it a, a real TV show. And part of the beauty of the sport is that fan and, and, and player interaction. You take that away, I think you're, you're kind of taking away about 50% of what's enjoyable about the sport. That's me. Right. That's just me. But on the other hand, you're getting 50% of the enjoyable uh, aspect of the sport, which is the sport itself. Right, and then that's still better I mean, than 0%, right. I guess. But, but I, 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 I'd rather wait till we can really do it the right way than bring it back and put it in some warm-weather climate and have no fans. And So you're willing to forego yeah, the season? I am. Because Until the, next season, yeah, be, instead of a uh, ramp down right, type but, of... Uh, you, you can't count the stats. Baseball stats are, like, so important. I mean, you know, you talk about Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth and even guys like Barry Bonds. Baseball is all about history, tradition, and stats. Well, they're not going to count this year. Well, they would come with an asterisk. Uh, no, I, don't want, I don't want that. So, but listen, I know millions of people will take it. I would it. love to see sports on TV. Rudy would, too. He's like, I'll, I'll take it anywhere they have it, but... I guess the president of the New York Yankees, Randy Levine, finally spoke yesterday, and it seems like he agrees with me. Here's Randy. Sports is uh, really missed in this country for two really good reasons. One, uh, it's a trillion-dollar industry that employs millions of people, you know, both in our stadiums and in hospitality and apparel and uh, hotels that service it. It's a major part of, of the economy. And also, it's kind of the rhythm of this country. In tough times, sports is gotten through the through uh, 
to, to kind of calm us. And, and we need to get back to the sports industry can be an example for all industry for us to work with uh, health experts uh, and, 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 and the people who run baseball teams and, and all associated businesses to reach that compromise. I think it's all, it's all doable because I think that to have games just on TV for the whole season for many, many reasons is, is not practical. Not practical. So that's Randy Levine, the president of the Yankees, on one hand saying, yeah, it would be nice to get sports back. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. You're talking about TV money and merchandising money and all that good stuff. But doing it the way they're talking about doing it right now in Texas and Phoenix, no fans, may not be practical. That was uh, Randy Levine's oh, comments. Sorry to hear that. Nope. Anyway, NFL draft coming up tonight, 8 o'clock on ESPN. The Giants locally pick number four. We have lots of fans down in Florida, lots of Miami fans. Dolphins pick number five. Jets pick number 11. Uh, right now, the projections are all three of those teams will pick an offensive lineman. This, this, this uh, draft is very rich, Bernie, in big-time offensive line talent. Some Jet fans want a wide receiver. Dolphin fans want a quarterback. They're hoping, meaning that Tua falls to all the way to number 18. So they can grab an offensive lineman at number 5 and grab Tua at number 18. Anyway, the Giants have a brand-new coach. What a way to start your NFL coaching career. You remember the end of last season, the Giants fired their head coach, Pat Shermer. They hired this guy, Joe Judge, from the Patriots. He's got no head coaching experience. He was like a special teams wide receiver coach for Bill Belichick for years. Giants liked him. Hired him. He's a coach. And here's giant head coach Joe Judge on the day of the draft talking about a virtual draft. In terms of the entire process, I'll tell you what, it's been really smooth. You know, the staffs work tremendously. You know, we got a lot of guys for the first time using a lot of technology. They figured it out remarkably well. We got a great IT department and video staff has really helped bridge the gap for a lot of us. And, you know, it's, I don't want to say seamless. But I'll tell you what, it's taken some effort, and we've really gotten to where we need to be. All right, so hopefully this thing goes off without any issues tonight. They ran kind of so, a mock draft Monday, and they screwed up the first two picks. The Bengals are going to take LSU quarterback Joe Burrow, and the Redskins are going to take Ohio State defensive lineman Chase Young. But they screwed it up on Monday. Hopefully tonight, no glitches. So, and tonight being, uh, what, 8 o'clock on Channel 7? No, ESPN. A- ESPN. Uh, not on ABC? No, it's never on ABC. No, I, that's an I, ESPN I, I, event. Well, okay, yeah. we'll, we'll double check. That. Yeah, no, it's definitely it? not on ABC. It's an it's, it's ESPN event that always is, but that's... They're partners with ABC. Yeah, that's why I thought I heard somebody say ABC. No. Uh, ESPN at 8. And, and then, uh, of course, Joe Judge also talked about the Giants adding personnel. They've had a pretty good offseason. Again, not many people paying attention, but they've added some pretty good free agents, especially on defense. So here's Judge talking about how the draft choices can help out with free agency. We're going to add to the guys we have on the roster. And then in the draft, again, we're looking for the best players available, really at all positions. So... We didn't try to answer one question on one side of the ball in free agency and attack it on the other side in the draft. Really, at this point, we're just looking for good players across the board. Again, the Giants have 18 picks in this draft tonight, number four overall. And here come the New York Jets, year number three, of course, for Sam Bradford. They would like to get an offensive lineman to protect him. Most quarterbacks usually play better when they're standing up and not on their ass on the turf. Is that a fair statement? (laughs) So the Jets, uh, the Jets could uh, could use an offensive lineman. You've got Joe Douglas here, Matt Meany. Here he is, a GM of the New York Jets, Joe Douglas. Eight picks, four in the top seventy-nine. It's a chance to really bring in uh, guys that we're excited about, guys that we we think can come in here and make an impact, fortify this roster, really add to it. We've had great meetings with our coaching staff over the last week. Our, our coaching staff and scouts have done a great job uh, collaborating, navigating through the technology. Our meetings are no different than having them in the facility at Florham Park. So really excited about this week. 
I think I said Sam Bradford, who was a first-round draft choice quarterback out of Oklahoma many years ago. Of course, Sam Donald is the quarterback for the Jets. So, Joe think, Nolan think right got, now getting ready for tonight. We got an ABC, uh, an update. It will be on ABC. Both? Yeah, ESPN, uh, NFL Network, ABC, and ESPN Deportes. Oh, it's everywhere. They're putting it everywhere. Yeah. Wow. Well, pretty, well there's nothing else to put on. No, I guess you're right. What, 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 what's usually on on uh, Thursday nights on ABC at this time? I don't even know. have no idea. I don't watch network television much. I couldn't even tell you. Hey, Danny, uh, 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 is he gone? Danny on Long Island? He's gone, I guess. He wanted to talk about the Blasio and Cuomo, but he's a big football fan. So, again, the phones are open, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. And, of course, the Blasio, Cuomo, AOC, President Trump, they're always a topic of conversation, as is COVID-19. But if you want to talk some NFL draft, the Red Sox, they get off easily yesterday. Didn't get hammered like the Houston Astros from baseball commissioner Rob Manfred. You want to talk about any of the sports stuff going on, you can do that, too, because we do it all on the Bernie and Sid Show, including two great guests. Bernie and Sid, we're coming right back. It's like Man, a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It really is starting to feel that way, but uh, it's all right. It's all right. We'll, uh, like... Uh, like Robert Livingstone, we will emerge from the jungle. Oh, who knows? Six, uh, victorious. I'm so tired of all those. We're going we're gonna to win. We're going to emerge victorious. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. All right, well, then hang yourself. Well, there's nothing going on. Now, listen. we got to be realistic. You know what? You're unbelievable. Well, now what happened? You're right. unbelievable. Now what happened? Uh, you know, Randy Levine agrees with you. You right. play the clip. And right. <clears throat> yeah. I agree with Randy Levine. Right. Then we're listening to Bill O'Reilly. You're like, you know, maybe I agree with Bill. No, 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 no. That, you know, maybe you're I, unbelievable. Maybe, maybe I agree with Bill. No, we, should have, we should play uh, baseball hold without on. the fans. There are two. <laughs> you're funny. That's what, that's just, I'm, I'm sitting no, here no. in real time it's, watching your mind, your wheels it, twisting. It, it, I, I couldn't. It, it's exactly what I didn't say, which is fine. You said stand behind your convictions. I was the first, even before you, on Twitter, on Instagram, day one, do not shut down this economy. Forget that. Well, okay. Let's stick to the baseball. Well, but here's a baseball. There are two sides of this. There's the economy. I can't argue with people going back to work. And there's the fan, Sid. I don't want to watch baseball games with nobody sitting in the seats. So what am I supposed to do? So either the question is, do we have the baseball season the way they, they propose it without the fans, the way O'Reilly laid it out? Yeah. Which you just you and Levine said it's not practical. It shouldn't be done. Uh, or, so I have, or to not. Pick, I have to pick one way or the other. I mean, it's, it's only one way. It's only one or the other. It is? Yeah, either we have it or we don't have it. Either you're for it or you're against it. Well, it doesn't matter because now when O'Reilly comes on an hour from now, you're gonna you're gonna definitely gonna bring me up here and, and try to uh, have no, him asking, bury me. I watched you. <laughs> I watched you just flip flop during a, a, a break with with O'Reilly. You know, maybe O'Reilly's right. Uh, well, he had some good points. <laughs> well, what do you say? You're gonna accuse me of sucking up to O'Reilly? Have I, I ever I done that? No, look, look, look. All I'm saying is, yeah. it, they should do it. I mean, you, if the glass is half full, it's better than the glass, glass being totally empty, right? You're I, saying I, you, I, want it, you want it all full. You I don't want, want it, it half full. full. Right. But it's better than being empty, right? That, that was my point not really. On. Sometimes it's not. Okay. So what well, do you want me to do? You you, want me to, you, here's, here's what I want you I, right. I want you to answer Terry from Queens' question. Good all morning right. to you, Terry. <laughs> Hey, good morning, Bernie and Sid. How are you? Um, you know, I, I'm a baseball fan. I, my biggest concern is, I, and again, I would love to see it come back. I totally agree with what Bill said and what you guys are saying. That it's great for morale. We need it. But my question is, season ticket holders, 
How would they handle, when they do bring the fans back, I'm sorry, when they do bring the fans back, how would they handle the season ticket holders and question. the seating for, for City Field and for Yankee Stadium? You know, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, they, they, they I'm not even give, sure the teams they, do they got to give them refunds. Right. So if they play, I'm sorry. I, right, so if, you, if they play an 80-game season, Terry, right? So it's usually 162 games, so you're paying for 81 home games. So if they play half the season and you only have 40 home games, they have to refund you the other 40 home games and or put it towards a credit towards next season. That, that's, that's the easiest you guess. Could, you could do the credit, but there's no guarantee you're going to be alive. The, the, the tickets better be allowed to be transferable in that case because you might not make it to uh, 23. 21. Fair. So what I got to do? I got to make up my mind one way or the other before Riley comes on. Because now you got me all. Now you got me all thinking here. One way or the other, right? I can't be. It can't be gray. It's got to be black listen, or white. You gotta. You gotta take a stand. Well, what stand are you taking? But the stand that I outlined uh, before the O'Reilly report, no, which didn't. is, I think we should have the season without the fans. It, it would be better than nothing. It right. would be a total big time morale booster for this country. I said it back with the UFC. No, you did. Just fighting on April 18th at the Indian Reservation. They wouldn't let him do it. That would just be a morale boost. See, some semblance of normalcy. Some competition. Some sports on TV. Anything. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, Tiger Woods and uh, Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson. Well, that, it's just Brady and Manning, and too. Brady and Manning. Yeah. Just, I mean, I'm not even a, a big golf fan. But you're going to watch it. I'm going to, damn right, I'm going to watch yeah. it. I mean, you make a really compelling case. You should have been a lawyer, by the way, instead of a... Uh... But no, I'm going to stick with my guns. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it back next year when the fans are there and the stats count, and it's really a season uh, when when the Mets play their you home know, games in, in Queens, not in Phoenix, Arizona, or Dallas, Texas. During World War II, they drafted so many young men, so many uh, potential baseball players. That you had guys with like uh, one leg. You had guys with uh, oh, yeah. you know no fingers. Uh, anyway, that they still played. They oh, still played, even though you know the stats. Like like for example, you could hit uh, home runs off of. You know, a 50-year-old pitcher. Uh, but the stats still count. The I stats. know. You just put an asterisk. Guys you see like, it happened in 1943. You say, right. well, it shouldn't really uh, apply. DiMaggio and Ted Williams both served the country, had to take time off. And many others did, too. Listen, it's like the NFL. You remember when they had the strikes and they had those scab games? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And they had the guys like you and me showing up at Giant Stadium. And, I mean, there were some famous guys. I think Steve Bono, a quarterback, played then. But, uh, yeah, know, scab games. I remember that. I actually was thinking, I would like to try out for that. <laughs> I can run. I can catch. <laughs> well, we're putting a poll up now that you mentioned it, Bernard. At Bernie and Sid. That's our Twitter handle, at Bernie and Sid. Meany, what are the specifics of this, uh, this latest well, poll? Well, I'm going to say that Yankees' Randy Levine says playing baseball without fans is not practical. And Bill O'Reilly... Well, I said Sid has a dilemma, and Bill O'Reilly says that we should just, you know, play with the fans. That's Bernie does. Yes, yeah. Right. So you're going to ask these fans whether we should play even if there's no fans? Yeah, or... fans are fans. Fans are no fans. All right, fair All enough. Right, fair enough. Don Henley. Boys of summer. Nobody on the road. Mets and Yankees. Nobody on Boys of summer. NFL draft tonight, folks. ESPN, ABC, 8 o'clock. Giants pick number four. Dolphins five. Jets 11. But... We've been talking about it this morning, Bernie and I. Our own owner, John Katsimatidis, sent me a big article on the Boston Red Sox last night. They got off pretty easily, by the way. Alex Cora gets suspended for a year. So what? He just got fired by the Red Sox anyway, the manager. And they're going to suspend some poor bastard who works on the video replay system for the Red Sox. So nothing like Houston. They get, like, basically nothing. And no one's talking about their 2018 championship being tainted as they are the Astros' 2017 championship. You know, it, it really, the silver lining for them was that, right? The Houston Astros? Yes. 
Yes. That's funny. That's uh, interesting. I never, never thought, they never gave it a second thought, but uh, yeah, they, they, they're dodging a bullet, really. They are. It took all uh, this time for MLB, for yeah. Rob Manfred to come up with some type of explanation and penalty, and they got nothing. And, and what's said is that we don't get to watch it evolve during the season, them getting thrown at, hit. And you know, Houston, too. The, the repercussions. I mean, the Yankees and Astros, that was going to be ugly this year. Yeah, the matchups. Right? Right, right. We're, we're, getting, we're missing that. So No, we may not we, miss we, that. Uh, that, that. That's another reason to play in Arizona with no fans. <laughs> ah, there let's, you go. let's see that. Let's see the rumble, uh, you know. All right. Well, you, <laughs> know, the field. you know our stance. The president of the Yankees, Randy Levine, kind of feels like me. It's not really practical. But Bernie McGurk and Bill O'Reilly, who will join us in about an hour, they say, let's do it. Let's go. Let's play baseball. Here's uh, Bernie Bill in Dutchess County on line one. Good morning, Billiam. Good morning, guys. How are you today? Uh, good, pal. Thank you. So I was thinking about what you were saying instead about not watching baseball or any sports for that matter without, without the uh, fans being there. And I don't really think I could ever watch a Yankee game without watching all those rich morons sitting behind home plate <laughs> with, with their phones pressed to their head, paying so much attention to the game, yucking it up and eating filet mignon. Yeah, I think it would ruin the game. For all right, fair enough. You know, you make a good point. And by the summit, I'm one of those guys, just so you know, I sit uh, when Mitch Modell had seats, he's gone bankrupt. I'm not sure if he still has them, but I sat in those seats. But by the seventh inning, maybe the, the bottom of the seventh, the seats are empty. They're all gone. They all leave yeah, before the game's over. Well, especially in the cold weather months, they're gone. Yeah, they're yeah. gone. Meanwhile, the the rafters are packed. The uh, the upper decks uh, they're packed. The blue and, seats and, at the garden and the blue seats. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the cushy seats behind home plate. They're all empty. They're it's amazing. Gone. It's true, because those people have to go to work the next morning. Yeah, because the folks they're, in the bleachers they're, they're don't just, have jobs. They deal weed nah, in the Bronx. Front running rich <laughs> phonies. You know, it's some just, of them. It's, it's just they're not real uh, hardcore fans. I don't know about that. Uh, like I can't. I sit there. Rudy sits there. Boot sits you're, you're, there. Modell sits there. There are a few exceptions, but yeah. for the most part, they're what he said. They're just okay. a bunch of rich guys who got tickets from somebody. That's not you. That's a perception of guys like him who then are not would, rich would, and they get would, aggravated. Why would the seats be empty in, in, in the it's, bottom it's, of the seventh? It's cold. Well, that's not a real fan. <laughs> you stay there until the end of the game. What if you have to go to work like you and I at three thirty in the morning? That means you're not a real fan. I'm t- what about the afternoon? You a real it's job. The same thing happens in the afternoon. Sometimes, yes, you're right. Here's uh, Robert in Newark <laughs> on line six. You just roll over. <laughs> I'm easy. Here's uh, Bobby. What's going on, pal? What's your question? Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. First of all, I enjoy your show. Thank but you. I feel you need to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. If you were to take a survey, I guarantee you a lot of people will not go to any major no, event. No, no, we, we've, already, we've, sure. we've already had those surveys. Right. Seton Hall did that survey last week. 74% of fans said they wouldn't go. But what do I care what you guys think? I take the subway every day. You think I'm worried about sitting yeah, at a baseball I, game? I, 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 I don't care about your subway. I care about my grandkids and my family. So don't go. Me? So don't go. Well, Robert, listen. Stay home. Well, most, uh, all the surveys yeah. say people will be uncomfortable doing anything right. uh, it, when they're allowed to do it. They're going to be uncomfortable. So they're going to have to ease into so, it. However, so don't go. And not only that, they will. Uh, there will be social distancing. I hate the phrase, but there will be. Uh, You're not going to be sitting one on no. top of the other. They'll probably put you three seats apart. But that doesn't even matter. For folks like you, Robert, don't go. But don't make up my mind for me. Don't tell me I can't do something because you're a pussy. Thank you for the phone call. Goodbye. Uh, by the way, I went to Dwayne Reed yesterday. I mean, yes, I, I go out, sit, took the subway. Every day. So, yeah, we, we are putting our money with them. I mean, I put Dwayne Reed yesterday in Penn Station, I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I know. I mean, it's like, and you walk through Penn Station. It's a Every jungle day. down there. It's brutal. There's a lot more than COVID-19. There's all kinds of yes. tuberculosis and AIDS and it's, who it's, knows what. Dengue fever! Yes. And I'll tell you something else. I would take Gabriel to the game, too. My own son. Here's uh, Larry in the Bronx, Online 3. Good morning, Larry. Yes, sir. Good morning, gentlemen. Great show. Great thank, show. Thank you. Thank you. Quick question. 
A-Rod, buying the Mets. Your thoughts, please. I love it. Uh, first of all, he, he's, a, he's a lifelong baseball guy. Second of all, he loves baseball. Third of all, most fans don't know this, A-Rod grew up a diehard Met fan. Diehard. Keith Hernandez was his favorite player. He wasn't a Yankee fan. So you, you get him and J-Lo. They're worth about $700 million combined. The problem is Mets cost about $2 billion, but they, they sat down already with J.P. Morgan Chase. They're putting together a group of investors. Why not have one of the greatest baseball players of all time who won a World Series here in New York own the Mets? Why not? Well, he's got, a, he's got an asterisk, doesn't he? He's a, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's got a little bit of a reputation Fine. problem. Uh, but it, did I read right that the Mets are the only ones that are paying their employees, the Mets organization, out of most baseball teams? I didn't, is that right? I believe so. Wow, good for Fred Wilpon. How, is that true? Yeah. Good for them. I want John Casamitidis to buy the Mets. Our owner. He just bought this station. He's got Gristidis. He's got yeah. the Agostinos. Buy the Mets. What is he waiting for? I don't know. They write a check and jump Come in on. with A-Rod and J-Lo. It could be John Steinbrenner. And then we could put the Mets on this station because John would own the Mets. Oh. So at night, you go from Levin to the Mets to John Batchelor. And, uh, and then See a big, you, Intercom. Goodbye. And a big uh, <laughs> lead-in audience for us in the morning. Exactly. That's how Imus made his money. That's, exactly. that's how it's done. That's, right. why, that's how any station makes their money. You got, a, you got the local uh, baseball team on the radio station, and the next morning, of course, the station is still there uh, you know, at that dial, and that's, why people, that's what people listen to. You just nailed it. That's the it. formula, right? 100%. So if you're John Casamitidis, you call A-Rod. <laughs> he knows A-Rod. He knows him. And say, I'm in this group. I'm jumping in. Here's a check for you know, whatever it is. Chad, let's get him on the phone, huh? I'm, I'm just, serious. I'm not even kidding. Buy the I'm, damn I'm, team I'm, and I'm, put him on our station. I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. I don't care. I care. He can do whatever. I'm not, giving, nope. I'm not uh, telling the cat, Mr. Katsimatidis what to do. I'm telling him what to do. Buy the Mets. Jump in <laughs> with A-Rod and J-Lo and put the team on our station, and we will own New York City. I'm telling you. It's, okay. It, well, I mean, there you go. Maybe he'll take your advice. <laughs> By the way, uh, didn't uh, Cohen, is Cohen that deal, did that deal fall through with Cohen? Yes, Gary Cohen. Uh, Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen, Yes, that fell through because he wanted to take ownership right away, and Fred and Jeff Wilpon are saying you got to wait five years, and then we'll be willing to relinquish. So it's all over. Well, for now it is, but if A-Rod and J-Lo fall through, maybe Steve Cohen comes back. I mean, it's not completely dead yet until somebody else buys the team. We could, uh, with J-Lo and A-Rod, we could probably have cheerleaders, right? (laughs) That's right. Let's let's make baseball exciting again. Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. Right. So when I bring Gabe to the game and he wants why some girl is bending over by first base, what do I tell him? To to get the crowd (laughs) jacked up. She's picking up the the weeds. (laughs) Yeah. That's what what baseball needs, O'Reilly, not bands, cheerleaders. (laughs) Chris is in Beth Page online, too. Good morning, Chris. Hey, Sid and Bernie. Um, Hi. Just just switching topics, going back to what you were talking about earlier. Uh, First of all, I'm getting very tired of this phrase that I see all the time is we're all in this together because we're definitely not. And, you know, there's 30 million people that don't feel like we're, that everyone has their back. So I have a suggestion. Until this is over, until we're all allowed to go back, until we open things up, I suggest Governor Cuomo, Fauci, uh, Anderson Cooper, for that matter, give up your salaries, forego your salary, <clears throat> until we get, you know, you let people go back out into the working world. Yeah, how so dare, you, uh, how dare you collect a salary and criticize other people that aren't? You know? You're exactly right. I mean, they, they sit there with their smug attitudes and their, you know, their comfortable, uh, you know, no carefree attitudes. They have no worries in the world. Anderson Cooper, uh, his mother left him like uh, $50 million. 
and he makes a, a ton of money from CNN, and he's sitting here fighting with a mayor from Las Vegas who's worried about the casino workers who can't pay their rent, can't pay their mortgage, worried about where their next meal is going to come from. And he's like, yeah, but we got we to do uh, contact tracing. Uh, what do you say about that? I mean, very, very smug. Isn't he related to Gloria Vanderbilt or something? He, that was his mom. Oh, that was his mom? Yeah, she just passed away and left him uh, everything. No, please. Mommy, mommy, no, take and, me home. And, and he's repeating. <laughs> like, he's just like Governor Cuomo, who's, yep. who's just fine financially. Everything is good. He's got nothing to worry about. AOC as well? Yeah, they're talking about, I mean, now it's, we've flattened the curve. We've slowed the spread. And now they should slowly reopen. But no, it's got to be, it's got to be, we've got to test every single individual. Stupid. And not only that, contact tracing. Now we got to assemble an army <laughs> to, to contact trace people. How long is that going to take? A year. Now you talk about moving the goalposts. Oh, please. Mike is in New York. Very depressing. Line five. Good morning, Michael. Hey, Bernie and Sid. What's up, brother? How's everything going? Mad Mike, how are you, pal? Hey, Sid, before you were talking about that AOC leader, that woman, the word you were looking for in keeping with the NFL draft is the word punt. Okay? <laughs> Very good. Yes, thank you. Well okay, done. So, well so, done. So let, and, Bernie, it's the Mets and the Yankees that are both paying their uh, employees until May 31st. That was on uh, at Baseball Network last night. Oh, okay. they both Here's are until May 31st. Thank you. First. Here's my point about uh, I was watching primetime last night, both Cuomo brothers. It's, it's like a reality show. You know, they're breaking each, each other's chops about – who can squeeze the quarter till the eagle screens? And then Cuomo starts talking about how he's having Sunday dinner and the daughter and the, the daughter's going to have his boyfriend over. Could you imagine if that was Trump doing that, that the elitist pig Democratic Party would crucify him and the Slip My Wrist Network would destroy the poor man? Absolutely. <laughs> hey, by the way, Chris Cuomo, because he didn't practice uh, the quarantining like he should, he not only gave it to his wife, gave it to his son. Yeah, I know. His he's son Mario. Is now, Mario. His, uh, yeah, son is now uh, has coronavirus. Yeah, and the two of them, and you talk to, I played the clip earlier, I'll play it later, uh, when, when pressed about people, desperate people wanting to go back to work, uh, the, uh, Andrew Cuomo, he lets his real self be, uh, he, he, he opens up, he, he becomes the real Andrew Cuomo, which is a testy, nasty dude, he snaps at a reporter, I'll play that a little bit later. Oh, this is Sir Duke, the great Stevie Wonder, bam, bam, just saw um, that jackass, who's the late night guy on CBS again? Gordon? Uh, Colbert. Colbert. Talking about the um, the big New Jersey night last night. Springsteen, Bon Jovi, Halsey, Charlie Puth. I guess all these people. Tony Bennett. We, we didn't Tony watch Bennett. it. Yeah, the all-time great. I left my uh, toupee in San Francisco. I left my job in San Francisco. What's Gavin Newsom doing these days? California going to reopen anytime soon? Uh, well, not necessarily, no. no. But uh, what he's doing is uh, he's giving money. He's going to give some of the uh, hard-earned taxpayer money. To illegal immigrants. To illegal that immigrants. That I know, yeah. During this. But uh, that's where Stupid. him and Governor Cuomo are uh, different. Governor Cuomo will not commit to doing that. Well, that's good. I mean, that's, that's I mean, that's uh, you start one, to, one, you it, grasp at straws and then you have that. Well, I'm saying you start to do the spreadsheet on Governor Cuomo, the good and the bad, and there's a lot of checks on both sides. That's the problem, right? There's a lot of checks on both sides. With, with uh, Cuomo, good yeah. and bad? Yeah. Mostly bad. Mostly bad. Yeah, he he redeemed himself. I mean, he escaped blame for not being prepared and downplaying the until very late in the game, the coronavirus, uh, all that stuff. And yet, he's the golden boy. The golden boy. He was the guy who was uh, turned out. Well, I mean, we've been through it before. Yeah. He you didn't know, want to buy the. But you know, and, and, and of course, the front page of the New York Post today. I mean, his uh, his policies towards sending uh, 
coronavirus patients back to their nursing homes. Not working. People are not dying. Not only not working, 25%, fully 25% of all the deaths yeah, in New them. York State. I know. From nursing homes. You know, listen, I religiously, weeks ago, would watch Cuomo every day, de Blasio every day, Phil Murphy when he comes on every couple of days, and Trump every night in the task force, that whole corona thing. And I know it's my job. I haven't watched any of it for over a week because I'm saying to myself, here's what they're going to tell you. They're going to give you all these reasons to believe that this thing is almost over. All these reasons. This is down. That's down. And then they're going to say to you, but don't be stupid because we're nowhere near being over. And I'm going to sit there and say to myself, wait a second. You just confused the hell out of me. Oh, they pulled a bait and switch. They're moving the goalposts. It's every day. So uh, uh, do you really want to hear how many people have died in the state today or the city? How many people are sick? Because that's all you're going to find out. That's new every day. Or the new, that's really morbid, the the new death numbers. All the trends are going down. They're sending the the hospital ship home. The hospital system has not been overwhelmed. No. So we did, we succeeded, and we we did what you wanted, and uh, we prevented a disaster, a catastrophe. We didn't need 30,000 ventilators or any of that stuff. Yeah. So now it's time to start thinking about reopening and not telling people, you know, don't be stupid. It's too early. We got to we assemble an army of contact tracers. Well, I'm not watching it. An army? An army? It'll take you forever. Meany, why are you wearing a mask right now? I'm curious. <laughs> Only Chad Lopez know, is honestly, in that studio. Point, you know, just, are you I worried that Chad Lopez is going to contaminate you? He's the only one in that studio right now. You're absolutely right, but uh, I don't know why I'm wearing it. Yeah, but when, you, but when you do that, all you're doing is feed, you're, you're putting fuel on the fire. You're making people <laughs> believe that you need to wear those things, and more and more people need to say, no, well, I, I we're guess tired of the lies. The reason why I'm wearing it, I, not now, but in general, is just I, I don't think that I'm going to get anybody sick or I'm going to get sick. I just, I'm doing it for other people, essentially, oh, just like to make it. them comfortable. And, 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 so and really, don't worry about us. We, we're making sure we're staying safe in here for you. You guys, all right? All right, Sid? I would be offended if I were you. If, if I was sitting with Bernie and it was just Bernie and I and he was wearing a mask, I'd be like, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me, Bernie? <laughs> you know what? You're the one yeah. who comes off the subway every day. You if should I were be wearing, Bernie, you right. should if I were Bernie sitting next to you, I'd be wearing a mask and a whole outfit. He does. I should be wearing a hazmat suit. A condom. <laughs> yeah. Anything rubber he wears every single day. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I see what you did there, Matt Meany. Going to talk about Georgia in a second. First, I want to do a shout-out to these uh, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. These New York City Department, uh, the DEP is what it's called. Yeah. Department of Environmental Protection is what it stands for. The wastewater guys, specifically. The wastewater workers up in Harlem. Those guys are listening. They love Bernie and Sid. Who doesn't? They're doing great work under uh, horrific conditions right now. So a shout-out to them, the uh, New York City DEP guys, the wastewater workers up there in Harlem. Not far from, um, well, that's my hood, basically. Well, thanks well, for I'm listening. I'm only 15 blocks from Harlem. So, yes, thanks for listening, and thank you, guys. Thanks. Yes. Uh, so, listen, uh, everybody's talking about opening up. Uh, Georgia, the state of Georgia is going to do so tomorrow. They're going to open up uh, all kinds of everything. You name it, they're going to open it up. Gyms, hair salons, nail, nail salons, salons massage, salons, massage parlors. All of it, yeah. And everything else. They're going to do to Atlanta. Uh, hey, Monday, even, I'm doing the show from Atlanta, Chad. They're opening. <laughs> even though, of course, uh, they may not even have reached their peak yet. Their peak is supposed to come in a few days. Uh, but they say uh, the governor is adamant. Anyway, the president spoke to the governor yesterday, and he said this about that. I told the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, that I disagree strongly with his decision to open certain facilities which are in violation of the phase one guidelines for the incredible people of Georgia. They're incredible people. They've been 
strong, resolute, but at the same time, he must do what he thinks is right. I want him to do what he thinks is right, uh, but I disagree with him on what he's doing. So and he's going to leave it to the governors, which is what they wanted him to do, and that's what he's doing. Of course, he couldn't endorse what uh, Kemp is doing because it violates his own it violates his own guidelines, which says we have to see a 14-day downward trend, and then we can start opening up. And Kemp uh, yesterday, uh, or maybe it was the day before, I forget which, he was asked, why are you going to open up, uh, of all businesses, as we just talked about, tattoo parlors and, uh, you know, massage parlors, hair salons, salons nail, yeah. all these intimate type of uh, businesses. And he said this. Well, those are the ones who are closed. The other businesses in Georgia are still currently opening under the order that I have now. And we're coming down. I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. But you also have to give that fitness owner or that owner in a hair salon the uh, you know the ability to be able to be a partner in this fight that we're in. Couldn't agree more. You see, the bottom line is this: it's a, it's you know the deaths. All deaths matter, not just the deaths from coronavirus. All deaths matter. Deaths from uh, that that will result from a lockdown, from a severe recession, from a depression. They they matter, and that will happen. Those it's already starting to happen. Suicide rates are starting to re- record uh, an uptick in suicides in various yeah, parts hold on, of the country. Hold on. It's not going to come anywhere near the amount of deaths the virus are going to have. So I wouldn't even use the word deaths because you're not going to have fifty thousand suicides. But what you will have is people uh, depressed, angry, upset, and and uh, out of business. And it will just the 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 feeling of the country will be so dismal and so. You're going to uh, have despair, depression, yes. alcoholism, uh, overdoses, and, and I will take issue with you on the numbers. The Great Depression lasted uh, from 29 till the beginning of World War I, 10 years. A lot of people died in poverty and as a result of crimes, suicides, murders, well, uh, that's fair because alcoholism. It will last longer. You're right. You add all that up, and yeah. that's more than what you have uh, with the coronavirus. So. I'm not sure about that, but you ask. So Kemp is taking the side. He's going to err on the side of putting people back to work. And that's legitimate if you ask me. Me too. That doesn't make him some callous, uh, you know, I I want people to die kind of guy. He's he's going to err on that side. Governor Cuomo, again, we talked about him uh, moving the goalposts. I I just think now at this point, he's a very ornery guy. People don't know that. He's a very nasty and ornery guy. He, he, you know, he quitted himself kind of uh, well during this uh, whole, this past five weeks or whatever. Kind of well? Well, he did, but there were times <laughs> when he was, uh, you tell the people who are going to die. These dirty, they, you pick out the people who are the 30,000 people that are going to die because we don't have the ventilators. What am I going to do with 400 ventilators? And of course, it turned out he didn't need to freak out, but he, he revealed himself at times. And then I guess he catches himself and he tries to act the statesman. But yesterday, a reporter presses him on getting people back to work. People are desperate. Small businesses, that, that, that speaking of deaths, small businesses are dying, dying. And these people put their lives into it. And imagine their depression and the suicides that will result when they finally do lose their businesses. He gets angry. He snaps at the reporter. Listen to him. Right. You want to go to work? Go take the job as an essential worker. Do it tomorrow. Right? You're working. I am. You're an essential worker. So go take a job as an essential worker. So go take a job as an essential worker. 
You're working. I mean, she's just asking a question, yeah. right? She's just asking a legitimate, well, a legitimate question. I guess he's sick of answering it. I think, I think he, he's trying to make it. I've made it very, very clear that although these things are going down and there's some good news, we're nowhere near reopening. Don't get stupid. Don't get crazy. I'm not going to cost us more lives. You know, there's another thing at play here, too. Trump is getting hammered. He's getting hammered because I guess the contention is from the media and the left that he's downplaying the virus returning in the fall. Even though we've heard that's a real possibility. And the CDC came out this morning and said, let me tell you something. Virus comes back in the fall. Couple that with the average numbers of the seasonal flu. Put those two together. And the fall is going to be a heck of a lot more deadly than what we see right now. Well, I heard uh, Dr. Nicole Sapphire talk about that very thing. And she said that what we can do to avoid that, prevent that, is to for everybody to get a flu vaccine, first of all. Should anyway, and 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 just you should too. Be, be prepared for uh, you know uh, have our medical system, hospital beds, everything. Have everything ready. Just and in we case. Will, they will not be overwhelmed. We will have ventilators by then. It's not going to be the crisis that it was now because it snuck up on us because the communist Chinese just dropped a bomb on us like that. So we will be ready. If it's not going to be the again, it's not going to be like it is now. Uh, hopefully, and so li- listen. Speaking of uh, Trump. Whenever he touts the something, the hydroxychloroquine, of course, the politicization of that, you know about that. You were astute enough to catch an, uh, a piece yesterday, I believe, yeah. in the news that said that, that the study cited that it, wasn't wor- it didn't work. Well, and- they, they, they actually tested 300, less than 1,000 in France, but 300 VA guys. Right. And it didn't work for any of them. In fact, they said in this study, you're better off buying something over the counter at CVS That's than a- you are... Taking hydroxychloroquine. Uh, that's exactly right. And then you actually uh, asked Dr. Borgen about it yesterday. I did. And uh, it went like this. Now we've had all these great studies and positive news about hydroxychloroquine. Well, it does turn out that this is a smaller sample. It's 300. But uh, man at the VA hospital, and it did nothing. And I do remember that outside of Dr. Raj, who was like doing, you know, flips, people were saying there is no real proof this stuff is to cure all this latest sample kind of proves that, yes? No. I think th- this is a very, very, very small study of 360 patients. Only 26% got both the antimalarial drug, the chloroquine, and the antibiotic. The numbers are just too small. Now, does that mean we know that it works? No, we don't. But it's just really, really too small of a study. It's too small of a study. Now, the French researcher that you just alluded to, he said it was a bias study. And what they did, and it was, it's University of Virginia. And it was a National Institutes of Health. Uh, and what they did was they gave people who were already intubated the hydroxychloroquine. It doesn't work that way. It, it works best in the early stages. Before. Yes. Sometimes even as a, as a preventative. As a, prof- as a prophylactic. I told you that uh, Tom Sullivan, our dear friend who ran for Congress in Queens, the great Mike Sullivan's brother, when he went to Afghanistan, they gave him and all of his servicemen that particular drug for the first 90 days to combat Malaria. But that didn't stop uh, the fake news media from, uh, you know, reveling in gleefully in this particular uh, news item about hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. Uh, Jake Tapper, some uh, some airhead uh, a guy named John King, another airhead named Brianna Kaler. Uh, the fat meatball Brian Stelter. Take a listen. Not only is there no medical benefit, Elizabeth, this study shows higher death rates among patients who took it. Yes, much higher death rates. It could actually be harming patients who take it. Medical professionals have repeatedly urged caution, but the president and his allies at Fox News aren't known for patience or 
for caution. They're misleading their viewers. Why would we ever think a Fox News star or any president should be promoting a drug? It's outlandish. Now, they obsessed over that yesterday, but they never had any of the people who claimed to have benefited from it, including the black female state senator from Michigan who said it saved her life. Never had her on. And uh, just one final. Remember we had the Secretary of Veterans Affair on, Robert Wilkie. He was a big fan of the Cardinal and all that. Yeah. Well, he was on with, uh, who was it? Stephanie Rule yesterday on the same topic. And, uh, well... She didn't get the answer she wanted from him. Take a listen. That's an observational study. It's not a clinical study. It was done on a small number of veterans. Um, Sadly, those of whom were in the last stages of life um, and the drug was given to them. We know the drug has been working on middle age and younger veterans. The drug to be delivered to the city of New York. Working in, in stopping the progression of the disease. So there you have uh, the anatomy of a biased media. When they get a bad news story about the drug that the president touts, even if it's flawed and biased, they'll, they'll be all over it. But if you get a positive study like this, the, the black state senator from Michigan, the female, they ignore it completely. That's, uh, that's what they do. They've that's, gotten very good at right, that. Right. Yeah. Beautiful, isn't it? Isn't in, it? In the time of a crisis, a yeah. pandemic, this is how they act. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Stay right here. Phone lines are full. We'll get to each and every one of you. And then, of course, Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. And Vince Giratula, a.k.a. Uh, Johnny Sack from The Sopranos, coming up at 9. An action-packed hour of Bernie and Sid. Keep it right here. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. It fooled me. We can't get fooled again. The tune, 825 on your Thursday morning. Christina's excited. Her mother lost Bill O'Reilly, and he's coming up next in about 15 minutes. He's great every week. And right after Bill, you get Vince Caratono. He played Johnny Sack on The Sopranos, and he loves Donald Trump, and he's got his opinions on this whole thing. He's on Fox News, actually, all the time. Let's go to... um. Suzanne, she's in Huntington, Bernard, on line six. Good morning, Suzanne. Hey, good morning, guys. You are the only bright spot of my hopping, mad, can't work, new widow, top producer, salesperson in real estate on Long Island, and I am hopping mad. And it's time a woman said what we all should be saying. Let's hear it. Let's hear it, Suzanne. This Cuomo, a.k.a. puppet of Soros, as un-American as every Democrat is. Yes. They're lying. They're stringing this out. It's not fake news anymore. It's communist news. It's not the Democrats anymore. It's globalist, communist, George Soros plot. Because they're desperate, and desperate people do desperate things. But they don't care. They don't care about anybody. You know, Living funny. without a job... Dead without a job. They don't care. Right. But it's funny you should mention that because uh, none other than a guy named Trey Gowdy. He used to be a congressman from uh, South Carolina, I believe. He, he, he says he's, it's not conclusive, but he, he, it stinks. The, the whole thing stinks. Yeah. That everything was going swimmingly. There, was no, there were no wars. There were no mass shootings. The economy was just humming along. It was the best economy maybe in history. Uh, and all of a sudden, this happens at, at, just before an election. It he, does stink a little bit. He, 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 seem, he seems to smell uh, well, yeah, could be. something is fishy. And as far as Cuomo goes, I mean, yeah, he was. we talked about before, he's, he's got baggage galore talking about sanctuary cities. He was responsible for that criminal justice, yeah. uh, no cash bail thing that, that cost people lives. 
paroled and pardoned vicious cop killers and the corruption runs so deep in Albany. I mean, people forget, but he disbanded a commission that was investigating his corruption. He disbanded that commission. The Moreland Commission. The yeah. Moreland Commission. In the, yeah. as, as soon as they were getting close to him. But all his friends went away. And yes. He made, and he made a ton of money. The Buffalo Billions. That's, and he that's, made a that's, ton that's of money. The, that's, that was the solar panel uh, yeah. uh, uh, fiasco. Yeah. Uh, $750 million, yeah. But yet all these women around the country are uh, sending emails to his DM boxes, naked photos. And and, and, and and this is why, one of the reasons, I think, why he he's, he enjoys the spotlight. I, I totally He doesn't agree. want this to go away. I think they all do. He think... wants to string this out. We're going to have a we gotta have a contact tracing army. It's going to take no. a long time, right. but we're going to do that, and we're not opening yet. We're going to sit here and listen to me for the next five weeks. Yeah. Let's go to, uh, is this Marianne from Brooklyn? Dear friend from the Howard Stern Show, Line 5. Marianne, good morning. First, let me start off by saying happy birthday, Sid. Thank you. And then you. let me rip you a new one. Why? I've been holding this in since yesterday, Sid. You agree with Mayor de Blasio on a ticket tape parade? Yes, when, when it's all over, when, it, when, it's, when it's all yes. set, Marion, when it's all but, said and done, no, if, if, no, if we're no, going to no. have Derek Jeter and Daryl Strawberry go down the Canyon of Heroes, why not our doctors and nurses? I'd rather give, the money, I'd rather give all the city workers, the doctors, and all the uh, first responders two weeks' pay and two weeks vacation. Forget throwing toilet paper around, Sid. Forget Brooklyn Borough President. I should be mayor. Nobody knows what they're talking about. That's ludicrous. Ticket tape parade. Well, I didn't know they had a choice, Marianne, about getting a two-week pay. I would, I would give them that too, Absolutely. but that wasn't part of the choice. Well, or, or it could be well, both. Thank you, Marianne. It could be both. And, and, and as far as it, uh, I mean, the ticket tape parade would have to be way down the line. By the way, Mayor de Blasio did leave open the possibility we spoke about it earlier, of uh, the Macy's fireworks going, no. go, going forth on he, 4th of July. He did not leave open the possibility. He said it's definitely going to happen. Okay. In fact, I've got that cut. Here he is. Uh, July 4th, the Macy's fireworks deal will go down, according to Bill de Blasio. The question came up yesterday uh, about the 4th of July. One way or another... The show will go on. Go on. One way or another, we're going to celebrate the 4th of July in a very special way in New York City. There's definitely going to be fireworks. Uh, thank God we know that uh, fireworks can be seen by New Yorkers uh, all over the city, even just looking out the window or from the fire escape from the roof. This is a day we cannot miss. This is a celebration that has to happen uh, because it's about our nation and it's about all we stand for as Americans so, and so New Yorkers. Listen, I, I hate to highlight anything that makes the mayor look good or agree with the mayor. But I like the idea of a ticket tape parade. I do. Pay him as well. That's great. And I'm happy July 4th. We're going to celebrate. It's a great TV show as well. Yeah. I need, we, we need something. We're not going to be able to congregate in our local towns. We're like my town, for example. I'm, looking, I'm hoping they still have, but I doubt that they will. No. So to watch the Macy's fireworks from the East River on TV would be a morale booster of, uh, listen. It's going to happen. Of a great sort. But I want to squeeze in Teddy from yes. Yonkers because... Yes. Uh, Teddy's got something to say. My old hometown, not my hometown, but I used to live in Yankee. Don't you know. curse him. This is what, see, this is what you guys yeah, do. You can't, even come, you can't even come on and say, Bernie and Sid, I disagree with you. You got to talk about me being a sports guy. You got you to curse out that, Bernie. Not, come not, on. Not only is he so stupid that whatever he said didn't get on because he cursed. He got dumped, right. He's so stupid. Teddy, you're a moron. You're a, you're a dumb schmuck, Teddy. Right. You're an idiot. You're, cool. you're an ignorant the dumb Yank is a moron. Call back, and if you want to disagree and say, listen, I think Cuomo's doing a better job than Donald Trump. Listen, you're entitled to that. 
I say that all That's the time. That's why we took your call. Right. I, 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 I mean, like if you want to have a conversation, right. let's have a conversation. But don't come on and curse, you idiot. Idiot. You're going to curse on broadcast radio and think that's going to get out on the airwaves? Come on. Marianne from Brooklyn, that was a great call, too. Thank you. Okay, 1-800-848-WABC. We're going to talk to Bill O'Reilly next. And we may disagree with Bill O'Reilly. Ain't going to be no cursing, I promise you that. Rayleigh Island in Georgia. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. I believe this is one of Bill O'Reilly's favorite songs. Is why Matt Meany played it. But listen, the purveyor of BillOReilly.com, which is getting incredible numbers. I mean, unbelievable, for good reason as well. BillOReilly.com, every night, a live podcast at 7 o'clock, columns galore. He's, he's got another column out. It's called One World, and it's very, very, very interesting reading. Anyway, let's bring in Bill O'Reilly on the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning to you, Mr. O'Reilly. Hey, guys. Brooke Benton, best 45 ever recorded. You guys remember 45s, right? Yes. I do. Yes. All right. Brilliant, brilliant song, and uh, having some rainy days down in Georgia right now. Big controversy, obviously. <laughs> oh, you know, that, that leads us. Why not start there? Why not start there, Bill O'Reilly? The president yesterday, last night, he said he actually disagrees with the governor of Georgia. They're going to reopen tomorrow. We were talking about it all morning, uh, including um, you know massage parlors, tattoo parlors, nail salons, this hair, etc. The president disagrees. You know this big divide in the country, whether to reopen or not. What does Bill O'Reilly say? Well, if I uh, were designing policy for the state of Georgia, I'd certainly be... Uh, more precise in what can and can't happen. Um, the data isn't there yet. We don't know um, what level the contagion is in Georgia. And if you don't know, you've got to be more cautious because you can't put people in danger. You're always going to have a segment of the population that says, well, I don't care, I'm going to do what I want. You know, it's not a big segment, but it's 15% of us. I don't care, I'm going to do what I want. But the problem is that you do what you want, other people get hurt. Um, so I don't think I would have, had I been um, Mr. Kemp, the governor of Georgia, I don't think I would have opened all the personal service stores. I would have rolled it out in a, uh, a more conservative way, yeah. uh, just in the interest of public health. Okay, fair enough. But listen... That's Georgia, and we could talk about Carolyn Goodman, who's my new favorite person in Las Vegas, too. But let's talk about here, New York. Uh, we, we heard that if the, the two weeks, the numbers go down, and they've been going down dramatically here, right? Hospital visits, intubations, even deaths. All these numbers going down dramatically. They promised us, when that happened, Bill O'Reilly, that we would start to at least uh, consider reopening some stuff. And and we're not getting that. Cuomo goes on for 30 minutes about how good things are getting, and then he tells us, but we're not stupid, we're not going to do anything drastic, and we're not going to do anything anytime soon. These mixed messages, they're killing me. Yeah, I think he's got to lay out some improvements, um, and he's got to basically uh, do it in a methodical way. Look, <clears throat> the key to this thing is morale. So I write my message of the day, um, and I say... You got to open up professional sports. You got to do it May fifteenth because you get you need three weeks to train and to tr uh, test. So it would work this way: uh, Major League Baseball opens. They play in the minor league parks. NHL, NBA open. They play in their arenas. No fans. You test the players and the personnel around the players 
and the broadcasters every three days. And then you let television and radio go in and cover the games. Now, that is extraordinarily important for the country's morale. And it shows that, yes, we still have an urgency because there's no fans in the stands, but we're reasonable people trying to work to a place to provide relief for the American people. Relief is the key word. So when I put that out there, and I know it got to President Trump, um, I got silence. I get crickets. And I'm saying to myself, look, this is workable. This is doable. And you guys have to make it happen. The downside is not nearly what the upside is. And that's the calculation. What's the downside? What's the upside? So I want, and I'm demanding... Wow! Sports I, open on uh, on May fifteenth. I, I could not agree more. What what a, a morale booster that would be! Yeah. A, a semblance of normalcy. And again, as you point out, it's not that difficult to really to, to people to are going to start committing suicide if they have to watch more cable news. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's going to be masses. It's going to be people like wandering off cliffs. <laughs> it is terribly depressing what we have to watch. Uh, yeah, and, and give me anything. I'll I'll take the Winnipeg uh, Calgary game. How Give about, me that. How about chess? You know, you can have like some guy from Russia play some guy from you know in the United States on TV. Anything. Put something on TV. Compete. Right. Darts. You can and, bet on and, darts. And once you start to get a morale lift, then people will be more reasonable. I, I think that now we're we're back into our old conservative versus liberal thing. Now the liberals don't want to open the uh, the country because they don't want Trump to benefit, and the conservatives do want Trump to benefit, so they want to come. You know. I mean, please, this is really a deadly situation. Everybody knows that. So let's just take it methodically. But there's no reason you can't open sports. Open them. Let's do it. I agree. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, now listen, uh, you talked on your uh, Bill O'Reilly podcast about China. What China did to us uh, by allowing these flights to, to leave Wuhan and locking down the rest of China, but allowing them to come to, say, JFK, which is why New York is in such a... Uh, the state that we're in right now, everything is shut down. We, uh, people are dying. We know that. But we can't hold them accountable necessarily because we depend on them. It's quite the conundrum for the United States. I think in the uh, aftermath of the virus that China is going to suffer dramatically. I'm predicting that the President Xi will be removed by his own party. The communists will remove him. Um, it's so bad in China, and people don't pay attention. I understand that. Um, but I'm in business to bring you very inform simple information because I'm a simple man. So in the middle of this whole pandemic, there's a Chinese New Year, and the Chinese government allows a 40,000-family celebration in the middle of Wuhan, knowing the contagion is there and the contagion is rapidly putting people in the hospitals. They allow it. 40,000 families, so more than 100,000 people gathered together, and that's when the thing exploded. So you look and you say, okay, so we have a country that doesn't respect life, and that's, that's what it comes down to in China. Do they care whether people are killed in Wuhan? No. Communist government doesn't care about life. Um, it, everything is there to serve the state. So their mentality is it's better for the state that nobody knows about the virus because it's going to hurt our economy. We'll try to tamp it down with the Army, which they did, but it didn't work. Um, and, and that's that. Now, as far as the United States is concerned, we can pass legislation that um, key 
products are not to be made in China, and American companies are not to participate in that. That can happen, and I assume it will happen. It let's, will happen. Let's hope so. The, the, Chi- the Chinese, by the way, were smart enough to cut off travel from Wuhan to the rest of China, which is why you have single-digit death counts in, yeah. in cities like Beijing, Shanghai, and Hong Kong. Not so much in New York, though, where they allowed flights to, to land at JFK and uh, elsewhere around the globe. I mean, they, they were very, very evil in what they did. Yeah, the problem with New York is the mass transit system. Um, and, and we have so many people taking it. And nobody knew about the virus, and a lot of people on the subways and the buses were infected, and that's why it, it went through the roof, because we have, by far and away, uh, the most use of mass transit. The other problem in New York is that um, there's a lot of tribalism here, in the sense that there are communities that don't really consume news. They, they are non-English speaking in some cases, and they were behind they didn't know what was happening, and it was still mingling. And, and so that's, that's what the problem was. It wasn't a, um, a presentation to all 16 million people in a New York metro area that, hey, you got a danger here, stay off the subways. That never happened. And I don't blame anybody for it. I don't think it's fair to do that. Um, but that's why I'm explaining why our city and our area has so much suffering right now. Bill O'Reilly, the great Bill O'Reilly. Of course, you hear his stuff every morning on this station about 7.15. He's here every Thursday at 8.40. So, you know, the, the federal government, poor Donald Trump, he, you know, every day has to battle what, you know, perception, right, uh, Bill? I mean, forgetting about what actually happens, perception. So they come out with this uh, small business relief thing, and um, <laughs> of course it goes to Shake Shack and Harvard and Ruth Chris, and only about a quarter of small businesses even get it. Uh, now this is very anecdotal, but I got a bunch of friends who own businesses, Bill, in Brooklyn and Manhattan, Long Island. They didn't get anything, and they're nervous now. They're not going to get anything around two either. I mean, they are really, really nervous and depressed because the government has done nothing to make them believe they're there to help them. How badly did this backfire on, on what was good intentions but turned out to be a disaster? It always backfires. The bureaucracy never is efficient. When is the last time the bureaucracy anywhere has been efficient? Good point. Yep. I mean, when we were mobilizing for World War II after Pearl Harbor, I, there was so many screw-ups, nobody could believe it. And then finally, you know, this big lumbering bureaucracy gets us act together. Look at the nursing homes. That, that New York State ordered nursing homes to take active COVID patients. Can you believe that? Yes. No, no, no it's terrible. That's, that's quite... and, and, and now we have, what, 5,000 dead um, in these nursing homes because the state of New York ordered nursing homes to take COVID patients without any isolation within the actual nursing home? This is Governor Cuomo. Now, I'm not blaming him. I don't think he said, oh, yeah, you know, but they don't know. The bureaucracy's too big. And so these unbelievable mistakes are made when you are dependent on the government. You're dependent on any government you're host, period. Bottom line, uh, yes, and Teflon Andrews so far has uh, escaped. It's going to hurt him now. Escaped any response. Yes, it should hurt him. It will. Uh, Bill, listen, uh, let's segue to uh, an interesting uh, topic right here. Uh, at BillOReilly.com, you have a poll, uh, Joe Biden's nomination for vice president. Yeah. Now, this is a big deal because we know that if he gets elected, God forbid, he's not going to last a first term. So whoever he picks is going to become the president. Uh, who do you think, or, or, or uh, speculate, well, if you don't mind, who do you think he's going to pick? All right, let's just, how much time have we got? Two minutes. 
Okay, so Whitmer was his choice, the governor of Michigan. That she was at the top of the list. But then Whitmer screwed up, and her state hates her now because she said you can't drive from one house to the next. You can't have mulch, idiot stuff. Right, no paint. Right, so she's out. So now they got to go back to well, Michelle Obama's not going to do it, um, and that was made clear yesterday by her closest friend. She's not. So now they got you know the usual suspects. So nobody likes Kamala Harris out in California. They don't need California because Biden wins that state. You're not going to put a socialist on. So Elizabeth Warren is not going to get it. Maybe you fall back to Amy Klobuchar. Does it do the least amount of damage? If you put the Georgia woman on, um, uh, who lost the gubernatorial race, uh, a lot of downside there. So I'm probably going to speculate that Klobuchar is in the lead at this point. So boring, my God. All right. Uh, 30 more seconds. Only used uh, 60 seconds there. Do you want to see Bill O'Reilly as uh, as big a Met fan as anybody in this city? Do you want to see A-Rod and J-Lo by the Mets? (laughs) I want to see J-Lo by the Mets. You do? Because... Before every game, we're going to be a mass exercise thing at City Field, and she's going to be out there on the mound doing jumping jacks, and I am absolutely going to pay more yeah. money for my ticket. Oh, that, is, that is the best explanation right, I've you. heard yet. That is priceless. Come on, did you miss the Super Bowl or what? Are you blind? No, you nailed it. going to be poles on the foul lines. You talk about the foul pole? She'll be up the top of it. Uh, that was a home run right there. That is great. You'll be on the foul pole. I love yeah. it. Bill, you're the best. God, you really are. We love you. You're the best. You really are. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. All right. Stay safe. You too. You what too, a great Bill. answer. That's a great answer right there. I'm telling you. Come that, on. That's who why, does that? That's why Bill O'Reilly is the Bill O'Reilly. God. J-Lo on the, uh, on the, on the foul mound. pole. On the foul pole. <laughs> on the mound. Running the bases. Oh, that's great. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WBC. Nice. Johnny Sack. I saw what you did here. So, um, last uh, Saturday night, the day before my 53rd birthday, all of us went into Brooklyn, my whole family. Mike Sullivan, Tom Sullivan, Brennan and Carm. We celebrated my 53rd birthday the night before in the restaurant parking lot in Brooklyn. Tom Sullivan stopped by. Mike nice. was in Philly. Yep. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. I've been talking to Mike. A couple days now pass, and then Mike hears former Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback Mark Malone on with you and I. He was fantastic. Fantastic. He goes, man, that was great. I mean, I remember him playing. He replaced Bradshaw, but he was really good. He goes, said, I got to tell you something. He goes, all these guys that come on, they're, they're conservative, they're smart guys. He goes, I got the perfect guy for you. I said, okay, who do you got? Because he has given us everybody from Tony Sirico to Imperioli. And I mean, Tripp is offering too. But he goes, you got to get Vince Caratola on the show, a.k.a. Johnny Sack. He's great. I said, I know. He's been on Fox News with Bernard. He's, he's, um, he's been on a bunch of television shows. I go, I'd love to get Vince. Very smart and on the right side of things. On the, see what you did there? On the right side That's of things. That's right. So needless to say, um, he gave me Vince's number. I called Vince. Vince was a gentleman. He was beautiful. He was great. And with all that said, here he is. Hello, good morning, everybody. Vince, how are you, pal? Good morning. You? you doing okay? Yeah, everything's good. Nice and nice and dark out this morning. <laughs> well, you know, I guess we got to start there. We do with all of our guests. This is a crazy time. You've been on this planet yeah. a long time, Vince. I mean, have you ever experienced anything like this? And how are you guys during the, during this time? We're all doing well, thank God. Our two little grandsons, son, my wife, everybody, daughter-in-law, we're fine, but... 
uh, you know, it's scary. It's very scary. And uh, I, I, you know, I don't go overboard. I, I live in a very leafy, tree-ridden cul-de-sac in northern New Jersey, so I get a lot of fresh air. Yeah. I'm okay. But <clears throat> it's, uh, it's frightening, really. But you know, I have to tell you something, and I don't care what anybody says. This thing just didn't happen. You know, it, it, it came out of a lab. It didn't come out of a, a fresh food market somewhere in China. Uh, well, yeah, well, well, we had to dump that, Vince. But, I'm uh, sorry, but this BS, okay? Bullshizzle. Yes. No, you're absolutely Look, uh, a lot of people are thinking that, that this uh, things are going great in this country. Fantastic. That's correct. No mass shootings, no uh, no wars, the, the best economy in history. Yes. And the president was, uh, the, the, all the uh, Russia collusion stuff exposed to be a hoax. He's uh-huh. on his way. He's got a, 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 a senile opponent in, uh-huh. as, as a Democrat, Biden. He was going to win in November, and all of a sudden, boom, this happens. You know, and Biden, and it was it Ocasio was complaining about Biden's camp did not reach out to he, The guy is stupid enough on his own. He doesn't need adding stupid. <laughs> she, she really is brutal. Uh, also, I'm reminded, too, that uh, Vince is also a great performer. In fact, sang uh, with Chicago in Jones, at Jones Beach. You know, she's one of the folks also, Vince, that is yelling and screaming, don't go back to work now. From the day this thing started, I and Bernie, we've both been very adamant that we knew that if this thing lasted too long, and it already has, you're going to destroy this economy. And when you do that, recession, depression, uh, possible suicides, all those things, it would be worse for this country than, believe it or not, the amount of people that died from this virus. And we feel really strongly about that. Vince, how do you feel? And, and that would be complete dependence upon the government, which is what people like her want. You see, that's the nanny state. That's the communist manifesto. We'll take care of you. We'll tell you what to do, how much to eat, and who you're going to marry, and how many kids you're going to have. That's because there's no freedom of money, because money equals freedom. And there's no better tranquilizer or sedative than having money in your pocket that you, you earned. Nothing, nothing better than that. No, there's no better feeling. It's, it's uh, the, the dignity of work, the yes. dignity of a job, the dignity of knowing that you earn that money. They want to take that away. They don't understand that concept uh, of Vince Curatola, formerly of the Sopranos, out there living in a leafy community in upper New Jersey. Oh, yeah. But, Vince, uh, the president, of course, uh, you know, they, they, all the fake news media does is they blame him. Of course, uh, you know he's, he implemented the travel ban. And they ignore China, China's culpability in this whole thing. Not just the, the fact that they created it, maybe in a lab, maybe not, but that they allowed flights out of Wuhan. They closed down the rest of China, but they allowed flights out. They essentially committed an atrocity on this globe. They're the culprits, and nobody, and the, the, the fake news and the left, like uh, uh, Ocasio, they don't blame China at all. No, of course not. You, you, you're not going to, listen, listen. You know, these people on the left, they're either at somebody's feet or they're at somebody's throat. When they feel threatened, they're at somebody's feet. They love, they love China. They love the idea that, I, we, we use the word already, commun- they say progressive, they're communists. They love the idea of uh, having a model that maybe the United States should be. Can you imagine Walking around with a mouse suit on all day long. Yes, comrade. No, come. This is listen. Ambition is not taught. 
Ambition is not taught in public schools, in elementary schools anymore. They don't talk about Horatio Alger. They talk about Marx. They talk about God only knows what. I don't want to say it on the air. Um, and so more and more and more, this idea of being distinguished. Well, look at Obama. Obama, always, his, his entire thing was, I don't want the United States to be an exemplary country. I want the U.S. to be just like everybody else. True. You're right. And he was uh, very distinguished and very eloquent. And, and yet for eight years, uh, did nothing but pull the wool over the eyes of most Americans. You know, it's kind of funny, uh, again, talking to Vince Caratola, who was the crime boss of New York in uh, The Sopranos. And of course, he's the king of Dean Street now for his whole life, actually. He's Mr. New Jersey. But I got to tell you about locally, your, your governor, Vince, you know, a lot of governors and mayors now, we know their names. You didn't before. Like we knew Cuomo here, but now we know the governor of, of uh, Georgia and, and the, 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 the out in Las Vegas. California. California. California, right. Your governor specifically, this Phil Murphy, he's a psycho. He scares the living daylights out of me, and he, like most people, he wants to shut down Jersey forever. He wants a monthly thing from Bruce Springsteen, and no one ever go back to work. What are your thoughts on your own governor? You know, I'm going to tell you something. He's, you know, I, I hear he's a very successful investor. Um, he's, this is, again, this is the nanny state. Uh, I don't like some of the comments that he makes. That if we find you gathering, even in your own home, we're coming for you. <laughs> Who the f are you? Yeah. But this is America, you smiling idiot, old <laughs> nun-looking moron. It's like an old Irish nun. This guy, you know, without the habit on. <laughs> That's right. Uh, uh, the mean nun that used to beat you in oh, in school. And the smile and the smile. What's the smile for? Take those teeth and swallow them, you <laughs> idiot. And, and the mayor of L.A. He said, uh, "We're going to hunt you down if you violate our restrictions." He actually he actually used those words. Do you know that? For God forbid, I said to you, said, "You know what? If you say that again, I'm going to hunt you down." You know, that's yeah. a terroristic threat. God forbid. Yeah. That's a terroristic hunt you down. Sure, what, sure. This is a movie. You mu now this guy. You know what? You know what Murphy's doing. He's imitating Cuomo because right. he figures Cuomo is the flavor of the month. Uh, a liberal Democrat. Let me follow him, and then everybody will know I'm a progressive. No, you're a communist. <laughs> Imagine you can't go to church, which I understand the social distancing. By the way, why is it called social distancing? Should be called physical. <laughs> Right. What's social about distance? Social means I tell you to go to hell. Don't ever call me anymore. That's social, okay? Uh, you know, these oh, governors, uh, uh, Murphy and Cuomo in particular, I think they're intoxicated by this in attention. Oh, they, they love it. Like, who else would pay attention to the, to the exactly. governor of New Jersey except when it was my dear friend, dear friend and very bright guy, Chris Christie. Yeah, we love him, too. We love him, too. Before yeah. he became the governor. Yeah. We, we're, we're friends now. But the point is, you're talking about he, this guy wants to shut down golf courses. Well, I mean, golf, I'm, I'm 1,500 feet away from you. What am I going to catch? <laughs> A right. eye in my eye from something that's <laughs> a tree? Yeah. That's my business. Where is my freedom of choice? We talked about this yesterday. Golf and even tennis. You know, you can play doubles and, or singles. They are actually social distance sports because you can only use a foursome, Vince, and your the holes that's, are like miles apart. That's correct. That's correct. I, you know, I'll tell you something. And this is a big point, guys. These nursing homes are butcher shops. They, they kill people. All the bodies that have been stacked up, dead people in these nursing homes, 
that they, they barely admitted to. And this has been going on for years, not just with the COVID virus. People go in there, they don't last long, they are ignored by a bunch of foreigners who come here, get a job, the minimum wage, and sneer, and sneer, and roll their noses up at the families of these poor people when the families ask, how's my mother? How's my father? Oh, they're okay. No, they're not okay. Half the time, they're dead. That's not okay. No, you're absolutely right about that. These assisted living places, uh, the assisted nursing homes. Dying, they, they should call them. Assisted what? Assisted, assisted dying. Yeah, place. true. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they're surly, these, uh, a lot of these assistants. Nasty. Yeah, they don't want to be there. And, they, and when you're not there, they do abuse the uh, older folks, uh, at least uh, psychologically. It's, it's hard. You have, you have Murphy on the air. Well, we're going to get into that. We're gonna, you should have done that a long time ago, you imbecile. He really is a moron, isn't he? Hey, okay. so, on, on the way out here, Vince, last week we had uh, my friend Stephen Van Zant joined us. Of course, he was Silvio Dante. He was great. And, um, you know, Bernie pointed out to him that uh, there's a whole new generation, including Bernie's son, of kids now that, you know, Sopranos, they were little babies when it came uh, out years and years ago, but now they're, they're teenagers and adults, and they're home all day, every day, and all of a sudden, on Netflix and the rest of these channels, your show, The Sopranos, Vince, is doing yeah. great again. Do you realize that? Absolutely. And I'll tell you something. It's not just because of the shutdown. This has been going on that last three or four years where kids run up to me on the street, you know, the 16, 17-year-old kids. And you're Johnny Sackett. How do you know? Oh, well, we couldn't watch it then. We were, we're watching it now. Wow. It's true. That is great. I, I just have one more thing about Phil Murphy. Yeah. In the last four or five weeks, this guy's hair has not grown. I want to know where the <laughs> F. This guy is getting his hair cut because I want one. Yeah, and yeah. What barbershop is he going to, and who does he know that I don't know? Uh, that's typical of these communists. Do as I say, not as I there do. There we go. There we go. You're right, oh, Vince Curatoli. You're great, man. What a great job, Vince. You got to keep coming back. We love you. Right, listen, well, you got my you got my number. You just call me. I'm on. I'm going to call you later anyway, just to talk to you because I, I just. I'm going to take a nap now. We'll talk after lunch. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay Life is okay. Thank you, buddy. You were really terrific. You thank you. Thank you for what you do. Bye bye. Take care. Thanks. The great uh, Vince Curatoli. He thinks I'm kidding. I'm going to call him after lunch. What do I want to talk about? They, give him a, give him a, ring him up. Just ring him up? Yeah, say hi. I'm going to ask mean, him if he... If what's he doing? He's not doing it. No, he? he's home in Englewood or something, just he wants, hanging out. He wants, clearly wants to vent. He does, right? Yeah. Maybe I'll just leave the phone on speaker and like call him at 12 and come back at 6. And I'll still be yelling about <laughs> Phil Murphy and... And, uh, hey, listen, he happens to be right oh, on, he's on great. top of all of that. He's right as well. Oh, he's great. And he, not only is he right, but he's not afraid to, to no. really beat up these guys. Like, he really sounded like a New York crime boss there, didn't he? Yeah, well, he sounded like a, uh, a pissed off uh, yeah, citizen. Yeah, I liked it. I liked that. That was fun. Excellent job, Vince. Excellent job. Mike Sullivan, thank you very much. We're going to take a short break. More of Bernie and Sid on a Thursday right after this. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere in the 77 WABC app. Did I mention, by the way, that uh, Russ Salzberg's got a new podcast out. Get a load of this. It's all about uh, sports, to be or not to be, whether or not to reopen the uh, major leagues. Get a load of this, Russ Salzberg, whether or not to open up the sports. Uh, Jay is in Montclair, New Jersey. Good morning to you, Jay. Hi, guys. Uh, Listen, uh regards to that last caller, I'm so disappointed in the position uh, you and Sid t- 
took on nursing homes, I think your characterization of them and the care that is given to the residents yeah. was a very un. No, it's one hundred percent correct. Well, I, well, no, well, well, I have, I have, a, I have my nana who passed away a couple years ago, ninety-seven years old. She stayed in those places. They left her in bathtubs unattended. They left her without food. I'm telling you, it's exactly correct. So, well, exactly. Stay, stay there, Jay, because I will say this: whenever you make a blanket statement like we did. It doesn't. You're right. There are many exceptions, but it seems to me the rule in these places. My experience and my, with, my, with my dad was that uh, they didn't care. They didn't nope. take. They, they put on a happy face when you showed up, but as soon as you left, they didn't care. Not so much. No, they didn't want to be there. They hate their jobs, and and we went through four or yeah, five you, of them. You got to you got to you know you got clean duty and peepee and right, all that it's stuff. It's horrible. Nobody Stop. wants to do it. And these so the people like uh, the, the caller said, a lot of them are are immigrants or. You know, people who just can't get any other job. But, but some, there are some people who are nice and compassionate oh and care. God. There are some. You're starting to sound you like can't a, make a blanket there statement. are some Mexicans that Listen, are good people. You cannot make a blanket <laughs> statement. You, and you can't say everyone. No, of course not. But, but my experience has been awful. So sorry, Jim. Yeah, no. It's, it, listen, I, I, I'd rather... I don't want to go. I don't want to be. I don't want to end up in any of those. No, places. I don't put you in the basement at home and just die there. No, that's it. Just uh, you See know, but put me out. You know, what I'm give saying? me a shot of something. Uh, give me a beer, a cigarette, and a shot of something. A shot of like what? Like booze? No, a shot of uh, you oh. know. Oh, because you're Irish. I thought maybe you wanted a shot of. Well, I'll take that. I will do that. I'll get liquored up. <laughs> Smoke a pack of cigarettes and just die, and then drink a cup of hemlock at the uh, <laughs> as a nightcap, and then it's over. I don't want to go to a nursing home. No, I don't either. I don't want to go to assisted living. Me I don't want either. any of that crap. No, thank you. You know what I'm and, saying? And just for the reasons that we outlined. No, they. I'm telling you, they leave them in bad tumps. They don't yes. feed them. They 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 lay in their own duty. They get for they days. get angry when they get they get called. I yeah. mean, oh, working in a nursing oh. home. Well, but why do people get disappointed if we have an opinion about something? What do you get disappointed about? Because well, we made a blanket statement. Well, I didn't. You did. They were, well, mean I, and that's why I, I clarified. All right, I'm on your side though. I'm always on your side. <laughs> <laughs> Miriam is in Forest Hills. Good morning, Miriam. Miriam, sweetheart. Yes. Hi, sweetie. You're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, hello, Bernie and Sid? Yes, Wake up. WABC. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I enjoy you every morning. And Sid, I have a personal question to ask you. Okay. You went to Kingsborough. I did. I, you know what's funny, Miriam? Not only did I go to Kingsborough, but on Saturday night when I went to Brooklyn to celebrate my birthday, we actually went to Manhattan Beach, went to Oriental Boulevard, and parked right in front of Kingsborough. My late husband was a professor there. I met him at NYU, my professor there. And I didn't want to mention his name. I don't know. It was in the business department. Did you have anything to do with the business department? Uh, listen, I was a business major, and I actually, it's funny you say that. I met my wife uh, first time in a, uh -huh. in, in, at that school, and we took an economics class together. Right. And there was this wonderful guy from uh, South Africa. And he taught me that there is no, nothing, there's no such thing as a free lunch. I don't know that was your husband, God rest his soul, but I did take business at that school. So He was fabulous, but I want to mention his name in case you didn't like him. But the reason I'm calling is, well, God rest what do his you soul. think of the senators and the congressmen taking a 20% pay cut? In view, everyone else has to tighten their belts. Why not? I uh, think they should. In fact, listen, they're not working. They're not, they're not in session. How but maybe they'd be more compassionate when they pass, pass these bills or hold them up and stuff when they realize how others are hurting. Listen, they're a bunch of rats. They're, uh, I mean, for the most part, they're, they, they, they don't do much productive. 
this uh, PPP bill, you know, it's, it's shortchanging a lot of people. The fact that they allowed Harvard and Shake Shack and other, all these companies. I mean, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. I don't uh, know. So, and that's, that's guys on our side that allowed that. I don't know how that, that, how that language got in there, how they allowed it, beats the hell out of me. Dave is in the Bronx. Good morning, Dave. How are you doing, Bernie and Sid? Hi, Dave. Sid, happy birthday, Sid. Uh, thank you. I appreciate Delighted. that. Thank you. All right. Listen, uh, Bernie hit the mark when uh, Cuomo's uh, speech there was this woman gets up, reporter, says, you got all these people protesting and want to go to work. What do you say to them? Well, work is a first responder. Most of the jobs in this country are people who own their own business. And they have these, it's all closed. There's nothing open. Right. You brought down the, in New York, and, and you brought down all of the numbers. Then let people go back to work. Let them wear masks. Let them wear gloves. Let them do this. But open up the businesses already. Don't move the goalposts. We flattened the curve. We slowed the spread. Everything you asked, we did. And now you're telling us to shut up. And just listen to me and stay home longer. I mean, it's outrageous. While these people who own these businesses, the businesses are going to die. The people are going to turn to whatever they're going to turn to. They're going to be they're going to be so stressed out, the despair, the poverty, and then of course what follows: uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, all of it, just uh, you know, depression, everything, and then crime, and then, and then God forbid, and we're heading towards a severe recession slash depression if we don't get back. And then, I mean, if that the, the last depression lasted uh, what ten years? Yeah. Until World War II began. Yeah. Now, how many people died in that time? A lot. A lot of people, lot. Governor Cuomo. I know you like the camera, you like the spotlight, but don't change the goalposts on us now. Let's give us some hope. Forget about your contact tracing army that's going to take six months to get into place before we uh, open up everything. I mean, they, don't, don't be stupid. Don't well, be. Don't be. That's a, what he don't says. Be stupid. Yeah, I know. That's what he says. I'm throwing it right back in his face. I love it. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Meany, what, about 11 hours now for the Giants pick number four? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they say the draft's starting at eight. You know, the the, the Giants will pick at 10 o'clock. Probably. Folks, these guys were here a couple days ago. What great guys, former cops. Uh, One of the kids, actually the son, he's a veteran, served in the, I think, Marines, certainly Army. Uh, now they're Brooklyn guys with the Staten Island. Uh, is it Marines? Dave? Thank you, Dave. Dave Labrosi, uh, the great program director. Now these unprecedented times, the world is under attack from an invisible enemy. You know it, COVID-19. Business and homeowners that are in need of decontamination services should call these guys. They're great. Frontline consultants, 917-337-1432. They destroy harmful contaminants using the same chemicals and procedures as the United States military. Frontline consultants proudly offers decontamination services utilizing the strongest yet safest solutions available today. Decontaminating commercial buildings, schools, churches, residential homes, offices, even our studios right here. Frontline services offer superior protection and potentially harmful microorganisms and chemical agents. They they beat them. They they get rid of them. They're the best. Support a veteran-owned local company today called Veteran-Owned Frontline Consultants, 917-337-1432. Schedule your cleaning today so you, your family, and your colleagues are safe from COVID-19. Call 917-337-1432. The website f is in frank flinecorporation.com that's flinecorporation.com semper fi 
thinking big thoughts. Sick puppy. So you don't have to. How dare you? Bernie and Sid in the morning. Online at WABCRadio.com and the 77 WABC app. Entertaining and informative. Whether you like it or not. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Outfield. Your love as we pretty much wrap it up. Bernie and Sid on a Thursday. You know, I like my girls a little bit older. A little bit older. Jeff Epstein didn't like this song. We got a a full board of calls. Where do we go first? Let's go to uh, Delray Beach, my neighboring town to Boca Raton. Many a Saturday night on Atlantic Avenue. Jeff is in Delray Beach. Good morning, Jeffrey. Hey, guys. How are you? I just want you to know I got the app, the 77 ABC. I listen every day on the iHeartRadio app. My man, right there in Delray Beach, huh? Thank you for that. Yeah, and then they hear your voice, and they're like, yo, we know him. Who is down here? <laughs> the Boston's, come on. I'm a big, I'm big star on Atlantic Avenue down there. All the great Italian restaurants, come on. It's beautiful. Hey, Bernie, I was wondering, but Bernie, you said something you used to be a lifeguard in Yonkers? That's right, Tibbetts Brook Park. I was a Westchester County lifeguard at the, uh, the, the big-ass pool. It's the size of a city block. They, yeah. cha- they changed it now, but it, back then it was the size of a city block. I was a sheltered kid from Long Island, but I got to escape and go up to Yonkers. All my cousins, every relative on my mother's side is from Yonkers. So we used to go to the, there was train tracks next to the pool, and like a fruit train or a vegetable train used to go down the tracks. Uh, I'm not familiar with that. But, uh, train tracks near the pool? I, I don't remember that. All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for checking in. Let's go to line five. Tom, he's on Staten Island this morning. Good morning, Tommy. Hey, great to hear you guys. You I got too. a question. I'm, I'm Tom from Staten Island, originally from Brooklyn, and I got to tell you, these Cuomo's, they go back a long way. You know what I call them? They're like the gang that couldn't shoot straight. I'm going back. Oh, to- I read that book, Jimmy Breslin, yeah. about the Gallo yeah. brothers. Yeah, you take Chris Cuomo. He's worse than Fredo. Then you got Andro. He thinks he's talking about spaghetti and meatballs. I'm tired of it. And then his grandpa and his father, Mario, he was the same thing, a good speaker. Let me tell you a story. Mom, I'm in my 60s. My, my parents, my mother said this guy will never be president, and I'm going back to the 70s because their grandfather on the mother's side, this guy named Charlie Raffa, you can look it up. He was a slum landlord. He used to come collect rents next to my mother's house in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg, and you know what? He used to pull up to the window, and he used to roll the window down and say, hey, you guys, if you don't pay your rent, I'm going to shrink your neck. They'll never be president. He's lucky he's a governor, and he should go back to where he came from. And I don't even know where that is in Queens, but they don't even want him there. You know, he he, he once said uh, America was never a great country. I mean, he said horrible things. I mean, he's it's a sanctuary city, a sanctuary state is what it is. Yeah, he did do that when uh, Trump was saying, make it America great, and he said something like, yeah, we, we never, yeah. we've never been great. So and we're working de- towards that. Demonize the uh, ICE agents, these guys, these heroes who are trying to deport criminal illegal aliens, criminal illegal aliens who he wants to give sanctuary to, paroled a cop killer, and then pardoned him so the guy can vote. I mean, paroling him wasn't enough. I got to pardon him so he can no, vote. No, he, listen, and then, of course, no cash bail. Yeah. Uh, the, bill, the, the corruption uh, in Albany is legendary. And plus, don't forget this. He was the guy that came up with, when his dad ran against Mayor Koch in 1977 for mayor, it was Andrew Cuomo who came up with, vote for Cuomo, not the homo. He did. And by the way, Ed Koch on his deathbed, well, actually, he, he recorded a tape with the New York Times, and it was, he told him, don't release this until after I die. And then he died, and they released it, and he called out Andrew Cuomo for just that. Vote for Cuomo, not the homo. How dare you, he said to him. I thought it was kind of funny. 
Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying that he's the one that said it. I mean, he's a, he's a liberal darling, but uh, if they knew the facts, maybe no, they, he wouldn't be such be a darling. Up, you're right. They'd be upset. No question. Listen, the, the word homo and the F word that rhymes with maggot when right. we were kids. All the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know. I still have friends. I'm not going to tell you who they are that use it every now and then. Uh, but they never, they're, never, they're never talking about homosexuals. But still. They're talking about heterosexuals. Right. It, it, like, it, like a little wussy boy, they would say that. It, it, was, it was common. But he did that to Ed Koch. That's not right. And uh, I loved Ed Koch. Again, uh, you know, now he's, he's a big gay rights champion, though, supposedly. Mm-hmm. Well, listen to that Ed Koch tape. Google what I just said. It's... Uh, in fact, you want to hear it? Sure. Let's listen to Ed Koch. I also held it against uh, his son, uh, Andy Cuomo. Even though uh, social relationships, when we meet in public, are good, underneath, he knows I know what I'm really thinking. You <laughs> Some of his supporters started going around saying, vote for Cuomo, not the homo. They put up uh, signs on Queens Boulevard. It was the whole boulevard. It was shocking. Wow. Andy Cuomo, we called him there. He yeah. was little Andy when he was a Andy. kid. Now he's Andrew. And that was Mr. By, Governor. By the way, that tape again, uh, which is a solid agreement. Do not release this until after I'm dead. Mm. And they released it, and it got big play at the time. But uh, Now it's back. We're not, we don't forget, right. uh, Andrew. We, we don't, don't want, forget. We don't want Andrew Cuomo getting all this, uh, all this love out there, so because he doesn't deserve it. Well, not only that, uh, yeah, twenty five percent of the, the all the deaths in New York State were from nursing homes because of his actions. Right. Although he said that's not the case. It's not his job. So. No, no, no. He claimed that he he didn't know. <laughs> it's also not his job. But it's no, not my his, job. His health commissioner told the oh, hospitals God. to send those people back to the nursing homes. <laughs> I know. So no, it was his policy. Of course it is. Here's Steve in Brooklyn online too, Bernie. Steve, good morning, pal. How are you? Hi, guys. Uh, for the sake of the public discussion, I'd like to introduce or coin a term that would help, I believe. Um, we got two plagues at the same time. The first one already has its name. The um, coronavirus, uh, which I call the Frankenstein virus, because it was probably tampered with by Frankenstein technicians in Wuhan at the Institute. But there's a second plague, which you have stressed, and we ought to call it the econovirus. Because that's also a Dracula. And the point that I make is that it's sucking the morale out of us like a Dracula, and it's sucking the finances out of a country that has done superbly financially. And the, in, the uh, number of people that were uh, killed so far by the Frankenstein virus has been in the thousands in the country. But the number of lives affected by this collapse of the econovirus, the Dracula, is going to be in the multi-millions. So in the long run, looked at 50 years ahead, which will have proven to be the worst? You make a great point, yeah. Steve. I, I mentioned that earlier. I talked about the Great Depression over 10 years, yep. uh, which is where we're going to – we're leading to a Great Depression if we don't open up quickly. It'll be worse. And the number of – not only the number of lives uh, ruined and jobs – but the number of deaths will exceed the number no. of deaths from yeah, the coronavirus. Yeah, I'm not sure it'll exceed it, but when you combine everything together, I think it'll be worse. Here's uh, Mike in Queens, Online 5. Good morning, Michael. Yes, gentlemen, this, this is by far your best show ever. A lot of energy, great guests with Curatola and O'Reilly. And I'm not browning. I'm just saying that because uh, it, it's definitely playback material. Fantastic. Oh, really? Isn't that nice? Thank well, you, Mike. We will take the yes. compliment. Thank you very much. Well, Mike. you know what the best part about that is? Is that I've had a couple people text me today, and they go, boy, we like that kid answering the phones. So the kid answering the phones is the president of the company. 
<laughs> he's like a big pal. He's a great guy. Um, and so he's answering the phone. So what he does is he picks up the phone. He writes your name down on the screen. He writes down where you're calling from. And he writes down what you want to talk about. So we knew before Mike even came on the air what he wanted to say. But what's better, what's even better than that is our boss, Chad Lopez, heard it firsthand. And that's all we care about. So now what, Chad? Hear that? Best show ever. Doesn't change my change my opinion. Right, just, you got to hear. We're just average, right? By the way, you got to hear Chad when he answers the phones. He's he's like arguing with the yelling oh, at the I callers. Love it. I love it. Come on, you got to give me more than that. Well, that's see, by the time they get, to, we're boring compared to him. They get to he's us, a, we're boring. He's unbelievable. Oh, you're doing. He's great. Thank you, Chad. Uh, let's go to Bobby. He's in the Bronx on line three. Good morning, Robert. Hey, how you doing, guys? I just wanted I wanted to give you some breaking news. Um. In my district, we have a congresswoman who we all hate and despise, AOC, up for election. Uh, they just uh, named John Cummings as the Republican against her. Uh, I'm, John's been a lifelong resident of the Bronx. Well, you say John Cummings? Yes. John Cummings. John Cummings emails me like every day. And now he's a good friend of John Katsimatidis, our owner, too, right? He's a great guy. He really yes. is in the Bronx Harbor unit. Uh, he retired on the job. He got hurt. And now he's a teacher at my old alma mater, St. Raymond's, civic teacher. He's, he lives in the Bronx. He lived there. He grew up in Parchester. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, I've, I've read about this guy. Right, John. I, Jay Cummings emails me every day, not John. Okay, John, you know about this guy? Uh, yeah, Thank yeah. you, Bobby. And NYPD teacher now. And he's going to run as a Republican, but there's uh, and, and look, AOC, she, she's going to win. Oh, of course, but she's a rock star. Here's the uh, there's a woman named Michelle Cabruso Carrera, who's a former uh, CNBC anchor. Now she's Latino. She's running at, in the primary, I believe, the primary against AOC. That's where AOC could be vulnerable if you really? have another Latino, a woman, a credible woman, a smart woman, mm. who but, but, actually is not as not nearly as radical as this uh, crazy Jew hating nutcake who said she was that glad that the oil market collapsed. She said, "I love that this is happening. Yeah. Uh, uh, people out of work and all kinds of things." And yesterday, urging people not, not to, go to go back to work. To work. Yeah. But what? I don't know. I'd be shocked if she lost. Are you telling me that I shouldn't be shocked? Well, this woman has raised a lot of money. This Michelle uh, Cabruso Carrera. She's raised a lot of money, and uh, I, I would surprise me, yes. Okay. But, uh, but you think she's a legitimate, legitimate competition for the primary? Uh, yeah, the, be- the, the best hope. The best hope. I, I think. Okay. I don't think going This up isn't to- Mark Malinaro versus Andrew Cuomo, who we, and we love Mark, and, no, and that, I that wish he was governor. Com- Cummings against AOC would be that. Okay. But, but not this one. No, this not one. Not the primary. Right. Okay. I don't think so. All right. Let's leave one more. Let's get one more call. Go back to uh, New Jersey. We love New Jersey. And uh, Agnes, line four. Hello, sweetheart. Hi. How are you? We're great. How are you? Good. Good to talk to you. Well, now, what um, part of Jersey I, are you in? Where are you in New Jersey? I'm in Vernon. That's Very exciting. nice. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. Money earned um, in Vernon. Damn right. What's on your mind, Agnes? Uh, I work in Lindhurst, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I, um, uh, wouldn't it have been better if they left... The smaller businesses, all of them pretty much open, close the, some of the bigger franchises, like the Walmart, the ShopRite, maybe not ShopRite because you've got to get food. Wouldn't it have been better to leave those smaller businesses open? Because how many customers do they really get on a daily basis? Maybe 2025? 20, you know, uh, she make, Agnes makes a good point. They close bodegas and uh, delis and stuff like that. Uh, 
Why? Well, I mean, because bodegas and delis, though, if you think about it, it's it's tight to space, right? I don't know the the uh, the key food in Long Beach, for example. Yeah, it, it, it's tight. I mean, yeah, you're no, walking you're right. right past people in the aisles. No, I, same I, thing in New York City where we do our shopping. You're right. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't. The whole thing confuses me. I don't get why they close certain things. Why they're not reopening certain things. What I don't know. What what what, what formulas? Right, you know, what you, they use? You could put a, a plexiglass uh, a partition between the bodega cashier. And the customer? That's what Dunkin' Donuts did downstairs. That's what all they do downstairs in Dwayne Reed. Same all, thing. All the CVSs, Same. everything. That's right. Your plexiglass separates you from them, so, and you so, can shop. So the delis and the bodegas, why not uh, the same thing? And, and by the way, make them uh, bulletproof while you're at it. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's I, the scoop, actually. I see what you did. See what I did? Yeah. Hey, tonight you have a little... Um, Choice. Don't have to watch all this coronavirus nonsense. 8 o'clock, Channel 7, as Bernie pointed out, he was right. And ESPN, the 2020 NFL Draft. Giants pick number 4, Miami Dolphins number 5, New York Jets number 11. NFL Draft coming up tonight. You got something to watch, and uh, it might turn out to be a disaster. That'll be I fun. Mean, that's, 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 that's the joy of watching. That's what you're hoping for. Yeah, you're hoping Goodell, uh, I don't know, <laughs> right. he, he falls over in, right, in his well, base. But his computer, can, the, the whole computer can crash. Yeah, that, yeah the whole thing. We so the hoping. Bengals are about to select Joe Burrow out of LSU and the whole computer crashes. You gotta, you gotta pray for the debacle. You do. Hey, one thing <laughs> I'm know, watching too, well, it would be funny, that I recommend to you guys, because we do this once in a while, Netflix and Prime and all that stuff. We've been watching uh, The Innocence Project. Which is really does exist here in New York City. It was it started Peter Neufeld and Barry Sheck, the great attorney Barry right, Sheck, the OJ DNA Simpson. guy. That's correct. So all these years later, there's a lot of folks in prison who did not commit crimes, and because of DNA, they're able to go to these cold cases and and uh, get the the word, get the uh, actual proof that these people are innocent. Yeah. So, so the Innocence Project has been in business for about 15, 20 years down on Worth Street in Lower Manhattan, led by those two guys, and they have over the years got many innocent people in jail for life it's a fascinating show it starts out with two rape murders of three-year-old girls in mississippi and they arrested two guys who were innocent and you see the battle back and forth between the redneck you know da in mississippi who just arrest any black guy he can find i know because he looked just just look like a bad guy to me exactly i mean come on and then you get you get newfield and barry sheck in new york they're they're like no 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 he didn't do it and and uh, so it's a great show in fact, my wife actually did something to them one time. It's called The Innocence Project on Netflix. Check it out. I like it. You, know, you would love that. Yeah, yeah. It's smart TV. You're a smart guy. Uh, Innocence Project. I will check that out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, my wife wanted to uh, remind me to tell people that she stayed at the nursing home with her mom just for the reasons we pointed out. She stayed there? She stayed with her all day long because... Uh, that she didn't get the treatment she should have been getting. So she agreed with us, Carol. Yeah, yeah. A, th- a thousand percent. Her mom just spent uh, like six months in, a, in an assisted living place, and the treatment wasn't uh, w- was not was not even good. Well, that's just three of us, so Carol, just, Bernie, and Sid. But that's like ninety five percent of the folks that I speak and, to. And then my, same with my dad at a, a separate facility. Treatment was was not was adequate. Yeah, at n- best nine or two in Deerfield. So. Anyway, that's uh, that's what we know. So that call of that call, Jay, God bless you. Uh, again, not every one not of them. Ev- no blanket statements. No, here. none of that. We are done for today. It was a great show. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back again tomorrow morning, right, Burn? No doubt. No doubt, Friday. Get the weekend going. Thank you once again to Matt Meany. Great job running the board. Chad Lopez, our fearless leader. Thank you, Chad. Great stuff. Dave Labrosi as well. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6. From all of us to all of you on this happy Thursday. Peace! Peace!